Okay, I'm gonna fix my hair here, so I, I gotta look fancy, right? As good as as good as possible, and then we're gonna get started. So, I'm gonna keep Grandpa quiet here for the very beginning, um, and I'm just gonna read a little bit of an intro I have. So, this is my grandpa, Eric Gurgle, who has no middle name. I know very few people who don't have a middle name. However, my grandpa's lack of a middle name does not seem odd to me, as he has always been straightforward and to the point. Perhaps one aspect of his persona of which he is most proud is his iconoclasm. I didn't know what it meant, but after Googling and kind of talking with my dad and some other people, it literally means breaker of idols, and I agree. If this conversation goes into movies or anything fantasy or any of my dreamlike adorations of Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, I know those dreams and adoration will be quickly crushed by his steadfast ideals. So about my grandpa. My grandpa was born in 1924, a few years after the end of the First World War and the prior pandemic. He was born in the southeast corner of England, a county called Kent, famous for being home to the White Cliffs of Dover. He went to school in the town of Rochester, Kent, and was 15 years old when World War II broke out in 1939, at which time he was evacuated to Cardiff in Wales. He then returned to England and then joined the Royal Air Force, or RAF. He trained there to become a navigator on the Lancaster bombers, one of the many fighting against Germany for England and the world. After the end of the war, he trained as a chartered accountant. He did not practice for as long as his father, Isaac Gurgle, who unfortunately died suddenly at 57 years of age. But when my grandpa's father died, Eric, my grandpa and his sister, Beryl, took over the family business, selling women's clothing, which in the UK, in the middle part of the 20th century, was known to many as a schmutta business, and the word schmutta being Yiddish for a rag. <laughs> my grandpa married my grandma, Edna Olive Matthews, in 1957 when he was 32 years old, and they had four children, the oldest of whom is my father, Ivan. So my memory of my grandpa and my grandma is a really lovely one. Having a family so distant, 3,000 miles away, I sometimes felt left out, different from the other kids at school who had such kind of large holiday events with all their family together. However, all these feelings of sadness were quickly drowned out as soon as I stepped into my grandparents' house. It was if I was suddenly, it's, it was amazing. I mean, if I was suddenly struck blind arriving to England, I would know where to go as it seemed my grandma and grandpa had a never-ending pot of chicken noodle soup boiling on the stove. And this soup, this soup was pure gold. It was gold, gold, gold. I knew when I stepped into their home, my grandpa would be cutting the vegetables very carefully, as he always did, and my grandma would be cooking the soup. And as we stepped into their Stanmore home every single time in Northwest London, it really did feel like a second home. And they, of course, demanded a hug before we were quickly swept up to our dedicated room upstairs to catch some much-needed sleep from a long, long journey, usually like 12 hours. But awakening from this slumber was not like awakening at all, as the coziness of their home, the coziness of everything around them, the Gurgle family was so much so that their warmth enveloped every nook and cranny of their Stanmore home. When I awoke, I was not awake, but living in a dream state, floating down the stairs to find where the warmth came from, to be part of the most magnificent, loving, and scarily amazing family that I've ever had the great pleasure to be a part of, to hug and kiss and sit with the people that I will never forget and always love, my grandma and my grandpa. So, Grandpa, I hope that's a good enough intro. What do you think? Do you think that's, that's a good fine. Idea? Great. 
Maybe you made a mistake. Yeah, but, okay, but, correct me. Correct I won't me. Pick you up, okay, well, we'll we'll hopefully get now. That's all the written stuff. Now we're just free for it. We can do anything right now. Anything. Okay, could first we had was evacuated to Pontefrees, not Cardiff. Oh, okay, there's one correction. Yes, but first before that, I went to Canterbury, which okay. is dead crazy because it's closer, far closer to Germany than, than Chatham, where yeah. I lived. So it was right in the firing line, but still. They oh God, and. There was another one, but it doesn't matter about you. That one was very minor. Except I wasn't quite 15 when the war started. Oh, you weren't? How old were you when the war started? I was just nearly 15. You were just nearly 15. Okay. okay. You... As, as nearly 15 as I'm nearly 97 now. Yeah. <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> very close, though. We're very, we're getting pretty close to it. Pretty close to it. So, so what, what do you know? Do you remember when you first found out that the war was starting? Do you remember what that was like? Because you said you were just around 14, close to 15, right? Well, first of all, the first, on the first, the war started on the third. On the third. On the first of September, we were evacuated to Canterbury, as I said. Yeah. And um, we spent our time filling sandbags and uh, helping picking, um, what I make beer with, what's it called? Uh, Sand, what, what do you mean? Like, hops, 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 hops. Hop picking. Yeah. Um, which I worked a whole week for a shilling, and um, that was it. Then we were there after that. Then, then um, I was out with my friend on the third of September, standing on the bridge over the River Stour, and we heard the sirens, and we thought, "This is it." We rushed back home. So that was my first experience did, of the war. Did you know the war was? Did you? Oh, feel, we knew it was. Eminent. You knew it was coming. Oh we, oh, we knew it was imminent. Of course, imminent. Imminent. Yeah. Was there? Did, was it, did they think it was definitely going to happen, or was there any doubt in the mind of the news? And oh, all that kind no. Of, no, it was going to happen. It was going to happen. Were what? there preparations what? being made in, in, at your house for the war? Uh, well, certainly were. We, we had, um, what the, we, there was two types of shelters, uh, bomb shelters. There was the Anderson shelter, uh -huh. which was built in the garden under some, under some um, uh, earth and stuff. Yep. And there was a Morrison shelter, which was like a large shelter, about the size of this wooden table. Really? Crazy, made out of metal, uh -huh. which we kept in the downstairs coal cellar. Wow. And we all got in under that if, if, if there was any bombing going on. So that was supposed to protect us. What it would happen if the house fell down on top of it, I have no idea, but it, it was there. Uh, strangely enough, talking about the house, can I say something? Yeah, good to say odd, anything. Very odd. Strangely, we lived in this house. One Cambridge Terrace Chatham, where I was from from a young age, from about the age of ten or twelve, yeah. until we left Chatham, um, and that house was a terraced house. Terraced that, that means there were houses adjoining it in both directions, going down the hill and going up the hill. And on a recent visit to Chatham, just for old memories, that house is still there. It's wow. the only one in the centre, for some reason or other. It's the only one left in the centre of Chatham. I don't know what. Do you know what happened to the other houses? Well, they were obviously knocked down to yeah. car parks, <laughs> car parks and roads and all sorts of things. Maybe they knew Eric Gurgle was living there at one Maybe, point. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I think that's why. That could be the reason. Yeah. That's crazy. It's mad. It's mad. Were you one of those I'll find out. Were you afraid about the war at all? Did you? Were you scared that it was going to happen? It's, um, No. No, really. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It was very funny. I mean, you want to hear about my well? It's happened later, but when, mm -hmm. uh, when I was um, 
15 or so, we went, I, we, I think I was back in, living back in Kent there in Chatham, and we went to London the afternoon to see my grandfather in hospital, my maternal grandfather, mm-hmm. and we're going back to Chatham, which was an hour's journey by train from Charing Cross Station, and... Um, that was the day, September the, 20, September the 29th, 1940, was the day of the first big air raid on London. And the town, we sat in this, and we were in this um, waiting room in Charing Cross, Charing Cross Station, bombs falling all around. And I suppose I was a bit afraid, mainly I was afraid, because there was a big glass, big glass <laughs> mirror just over where we were sitting. And I thought, well, if we're hit, that's going to fall on top of us. <laughs> And, and that would it, be bad. Pun? I said that would be bad. That were there would, were people freaking out around you? No, was there mayhem? No. No, they weren't. Strangely, strangely enough, I, I I may be mistaken, but I think the feeling during the war was nothing at all like this panic which goes on with this COVID. I really? Mean, obviously, the danger was much greater. Yeah. Yeah. But people seem to be just. They didn't seem to worry about it. Of course they were worried. Yeah. They were worried. They uh-huh. were worried about being hit. It was, a, it was a different atmosphere entirely. We, we couldn't get the train back home because, so we had to go to bus to be, because the, the bridge over the, over the River Thames where the trains went was on fire, so the trains couldn't go. So the buses, the trains couldn't go, so we got a bus through to Victoria Station, and literally you could read a newspaper. The whole of London was on fire, especially to the east of us in the city. And um, you could actually read, and there was hoses all over the place, firemen running around. The bus drivers just took us back to to Victoria. We were trained back to Chatham. Were were sirens going the whole day, the whole time and stuff No, the sirens only go when the thing started. Yeah. And then they go again when when the the race is over. Oh, well, sirens were used to the sirens. Just, just as a sidelight. That's crazy. Yeah, amazing. So, my question was: So, did your did your mom or dad did they tell you about kind of what was going on? Were they like, "Listen, we're at war right now," or did you kind of learn it on your own? Oh, well, we learned it on our own. Yeah. Everybody, everybody, everybody knew. knew. It. I was fifteen yeah. years old. Don't yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a child. Just in the in the station where when you were in the station. Were you worried that you had lost your house or anything like that, or no? No, no, because it was—I guess it wasn't there, right? No, actually, Chatham, where we where we lived, was yeah. in uh, was a, a very big army base, a naval base. Obviously, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was one of the three big naval bases. The Royal Engineers were there, the Marines were there, and it was a it was a very restricted area. No, nobody could go into that mm-hmm. area until we can, um, uh, let's say, live there. Or had a special reason for being there, but uh, we, we 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 were there, and um, we had a um, we were very well protected. In fact, we didn't mm-hmm. we didn't get a lot of bombing. We had a smoke screen over the town. I'll tell you about that later. Yeah, right, but, uh, we had a smoke screen when there's danger of bombing. There's a smoke screen over the whole town. We had a specially protected town. What to tell me about that? I'm just going to fix my audio real quick. Keep you, talking. You want to know about that? Yeah, I'm interested, like, what... It, there must have been a lot that went into that, is what I was thinking. Well, what we want... If, if, if in the, There was a corps in the army called the Pioneer Corps. Okay. Which didn't handle... They didn't have guns or weapons because they were mainly consisted of foreigners, refugees, foreigners who'd come into the country, mm-hmm. and they weren't to be trusted with weapons. 
and um, they were called the Pioneer Corps. And they came round, the, the, there were hundreds of these little trucks, little trucks with big furnaces on the back in which they burned oil. And so when there was a danger of bombing and the air was, was reasonably still, they would go all around the town with these, lighting these up, these bomb, these fires and burning crude oil. So you can imagine what the town was filthy, obviously, watching with them. And one of the, strangely enough, one of the um, men, in, my, father, my mother always entertained soldiers during the war, mainly Jewish soldiers, any Jewish personnel would come round to us on Friday night. And one of them was one of these pioneers called Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Katz. And he eventually married my, my aunt. Uh, <laughs> that's how we, and he was one of the, we called them the Smoky Boys. Actually, in, the, in, in um, Wikipedia, they call them the Smoky Joes. But they were definitely called the Smoky so Boys. So Wikipedia's wrong? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, Wikipedia's wrong. I we, think I believe we, you. We called them the Smoky Boys, not the Smoky Joes. Smoky Joe's was something different. A Smoky Joe was a, was a cafe where you went in had Jack and Chips during the war. But that's different. That was a Smoky Joe. These were Smoky Boys. Smoky Boys. <laughs> Smoky Boys. That's amazing. So so you said, and washing was hard to do, you said, because it was just smoke. It was there. impossible to hang yeah. out washing. How long did it take for the smoke to get out of the air and stuff like that? <laughs> I do think I remember. It <laughs> stayed there. It probably stayed there for a long time. <laughs> a little while, yes. <laughs> and people were, it's funny, but it's no, there's no worry about that, right? Because you're like, it's better than being bombed. It's better than being bombed, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we didn't have many bombs in, in, in the Medway towns. Huh? The three towns, Rochester and Chatham and Gillingham, were called the Medway towns. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we didn't have a lot of bombing there, straight enough. So, so the bombings. Let's. I'm, I'm so fat. Can you tell? Can you tell me about another experience you had with bombings or or not evacuations, but any other well, bombing events? Of course, where we were was um, we used to see in the summer. The American bombers. We saw the American bombers going later on in the yeah. war. Later on in the war, we saw the American bombers going out. Because they always they always flew in daytime, mm -hmm. whereas the English, British bombers always flew at night. Oh. Uh, so um, we used to see them. And when the Battle of Britain was on, um, I wasn't there. I was evacuated. So we, we were in. But they, they used to see all the fire. You know, all the mm -hmm. um, battle over the town. Obviously, wow. it was all going on. But it was, I I personally never 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 witnessed that because we were evacuated at the time. But certainly, saw the bombs going over. Oh, no, well, so, yeah. so what was it? What was it like to be evacuated? What is that like? What happens? Well, I'll tell you. We first went to Canterbury. Yeah, uh, the whole school went. Yeah, and we we had to we took over an old hospital, which was a school, and um, we were in Canterbury. I was very lucky. I was billeted with a um, grocer's. Uh, he was the manager of a grocer's shop, and we lived over a grocer's shop. So I. Never, was never short of food, <laughs> as some people were. Yeah, a real old-fashioned grocery shop, which always everything was cut from the butter was cut from the block, and uh, and they didn't have bags. They used to wrap up pieces of old newspaper and serve up the the uh, sugar and the uh, salts and all that sort of things. Just out of curiosity, how much would a um would a like a, a piece of butter cost? Like if you were get a, a thing of butter off the block. 
How much would that cost? Do you remember? I have no clue. What I'm just trying to figure out the the average. maybe a shilling. Either. A shilling. Maybe something like that. That's crazy. I, I, well, in my early, I mean, in the earlier days, I when I went to, when I was at school in Chatham before the war, there was about it's a pretty poor area, um, and uh, round the corner from my school was a a sweet shop, and they had made homemade sweets, and you could actually buy sweets for a farthing. Which is actually a quarter of an old penny, which is the 960th of a pound. You could actually buy some sweets forever. I can't um, even do that math in my head, but it's a very small amount. Very small amount. Yeah, sure. So, so things, but the average price of a bar of chocolate, which now would be um, how much a bar of uh, a quarter pound of chocolate? Yeah. How much would it be? Oh, I don't know. Maybe four dollars or four something pounds, like, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, a couple was was was, uh, was about twopence, two pennies, and a quarter pound. Yeah, two pennies. What was very expensive for a shilling? You could get Terry's. You can't get them anymore. Terry's um, roasted almonds, and they were a shilling a quarter, which is really expensive. <laughs> A quarter, right? We could do that now. No. A shilling a quarter of a pound. Wow. So so you were evacuated to above this grocery store. Right, yes. And um And we lived in Cantra, which is, I didn't like the town very much. It's a bit of a snooty town. Apart from my family who were lovely. The the rest of them weren't very nice. In fact, we even got we were even told off because we didn't have where to to work to work. It was my work. GCE, uh, yeah. or what they call it, O level, you know, what they mm -hmm. call it now. Yeah. And we, we, we wanted to work in the library. They wouldn't let us work in the library. They wouldn't let us work in the library. My, my sister Beryl was um, with, some, with a minor civil servant's house, and they were all horrible people. You couldn't go back in the daytime. You couldn't, you had to, you couldn't go upstairs during the daytime. You took your shoes off when you went to the house. It was, you know, really mm -hmm. just like that. But my, my family were loved. So Lovely. how do they pick these families? Is it just... But just random. Just random. Just random when you... Whatever. But then we went to, in June... Oh, we're only 40. Where were we? September, yeah, around about June when they, uh, they dissolved. Later, yes, June the next year, they decided that Canterbury wasn't a particularly safe place. So they sent us to um, South Wales, to Fontefreeth, which is about 12 miles north of Cardiff. And there, the the difference, the contrast was incredible. As our train drove into the station, which was above the railway, was above the town. It was all because all mountains there, and we were on the side of a mountain. The train was the railway was on the side of, of a hill, and we looked down, and there were hundreds of people waiting. There was a band, and there were flags. And the people there were amazing. The South Wales people, I, first of all, was uh, moved into a, with a friend, moved into a house of an ex-miner. They moved out of their bed. They gave us their best bedroom. They, they were incredible, amazing people. They were then, afterwards I moved to a Jewish family. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really, they, they were wonderful. The people in South Wales were amazing. They were amazing people. Was it crowded in the house? With this house and the new the new house you went the houses you when you would go you well, evacuated no it wasn't it didn't seem to be I don't think uh -huh. it was crowded they, they were wonderful those people and then I went to live with a Jewish family with a, a um, they ran a, a, 
decoration newspaper, uh, wallpaper and paint shop. Mm -hmm. And obviously the sons were in the army and, uh, uh, and uh, we, as a fish and chip shop next door, we get fish and chips for six months. Um, but but you, that's uh, all sorts of things happen. I, and you're, this was just because I'm not sure, is it, was it your whole family that would go to this house? Everyone no, had, just no, us children. Just the our, children. No, our family was at home. Oh. No, we, we only just my sister and I. I mean, we went with the whole school. The two schools were evacuated. Just the schools were evacuated. So, to, so, the, so the parents, are they not evacuated? No, 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 oh, no. they stayed there? Oh, they stayed there. No adults were evacuated. Only no children. adults were evacuated. Well, some, if they wanted to evacuate themselves, which they did, yeah. they moved, you know. And, uh, did you? Your grandma's family moved up to Blackpool. Yeah. Where there was no war at all. <laughs> really, was no war. And, uh, we, we, my parents stayed at home. They were... I carried on with business in an old way. Did you miss your family, like your parents, when you went away? Or? So it's, it's funny. We didn't somehow. My mother somehow accepted everything. She she didn't seem to worry about us. I don't I, I don't know why, but she was she was very fatalistic. You know, we we went and that was it. Yeah, they used to come and visit at Canterbury. They even used to come down to South Wales and, and visit us sometimes. But um, well. We took it all in, we took it all in. It was a different atmosphere then. It's, it's completely different somehow. Uh, wow. And what do you want to know? Anything else what happened afterwards? Oh, uh, I want to know. Don't worry. We got a long time here. We're going to be here okay. for like three hours, two, three hours. Oh, and we'll really? take breaks. Oh, yeah. well, I, I can expand. Oh, we got, I got lists of questions here. I'm just, this, the thing is, everything you say is so interesting yeah. that I just get pulled into it. But I have, you can expand, you can, we're going to be here for three, forever. We could be here forever. Yeah, well, and then um, I took, somehow I took my uh, school certificate, which I failed the first time. Um, I didn't even matriculate. I didn't matriculate. The second time I had to say it twice. Um, Maybe because the education was interrupted. That's my uh -huh. excuse. That's my excuse. A good anyway. excuse, yeah. A yeah. good excuse. There's things that. going on around you too. I of. need to be have what they call a matriculation, which is five credits, including maths. You have to get to, to be article to, to an accountant, which yeah. I wanted to be. And uh, then I came back when Beryl, my sister, stayed stayed with her wonderful family. And it, she was with a family called the Littlestones, a marvellous family. Wow. Six children. And we were friendly with them right up to very recently. Yeah, the whole family. Most of them have gone now, unfortunately. And and uh, she was very friendly with them. And then I came back home. And um, was 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 Beryl scared about being evacuated and stuff like that? How did how did she take it? Your no, sister? No, she was more stark than me. Yeah, <laughs> Beryl was very 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 stark. She was very straight. And then um, what happened then? I came, I, I, well, after I'd taken my exam, I fasted and went back home and um, I was um, asked to a firm of accountants in London. And um, I was in, you had to do something. When I was 17, I I joined the Home Guard. The way it was called, yes, the Home Guard. Okay, what is the Home Guard? Right. Have you never seen, uh, what's it called, the program, what's it called about? Oh, God, what's it, what's it called, the program about? Um, it's a very famous television program uh, about the Home Guard, which, well, anyway, they are sort of civilian soldiers. Uh -huh. we, were, we were part of, well, we weren't part of the army. We were, 
we were, we were civilians, but we we wore army uniforms. We um, how old how old were you? Seventeen. Seventeen, um, and we we just we were just like the army, but yeah. we lived at home. Yeah, and we so it was called the Civil Defence Force at first. Yeah, and then it was called the Home Guard. I wish I could remember that. Oh, it's okay. And you and you had to, but you had to sign up for this, right? Or were you enlisted? No, we didn't sign up. We just went along and joined. You just went up and joined. (laughs) How is the joint? Is it a? Is it like a barracks or is it? Yes, we went to a hut where there was a special hut near the town hall. We joined up. We were issued with uniforms, and we were given a a rifle. Why? Why did you want to? Why did you want to join? Well, you had to do something. You had to. It was. It was. It was one. I I don't. I don't know if you had to, but I think everyone, everybody did something. Everybody did something. For, for instance, for either you were aware, there were air raid wardens. That was that was those civilians used to mm. go around telling people to um, to draw their curtains at night. Every every house had to be every house had to be blacked out. Mm. Every house had blackout curtains, and you you weren't so so if there was a chink of light showing, the wardens would go around the streets. And tell tell people to to, to draw their cards. The famous put that light out. That was the old. They used to say that you, you couldn't have a. You know what blackout cards yeah. are? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's, and um, there were air raid wardens who went around the streets, and they they were equipped with um, every house was equipped with a stirrup pump, which was a. A, pump, a water pump mm. and a bucket. So if you did get a, an incendiary bomb coming in your house or near you or in your garden or outside, you were supposed to put it out with the uh, with, with water, the, the water, water pump. pump. Uh, so there were fire wardens. Yeah. There were air raid wardens. Yeah. And there was my father was a special policeman. Okay. From, from before the war, he was. Uh, because he was a, well, he, my father was in the army in the first war. Mm-hmm. I read so yeah, he was he was climbing. I read a small thing from, and it's I remember was he climbing? I heard he was climbing pyramid. Did he climb the pyramids and stuff? He like did, that? he did, yeah. yes, he did. <laughs> when he joined the way, he first of all was in France, and uh-huh. then he, and then you know I'm telling you all this stuff is all going to my memoirs, so it's a shame. <laughs> well, this won't be released for a while. Don't oh, worry. that's this all right. Is, your Good. memoirs will go first, and you'll get the big bucks, and you'll be famous, and it'll oh, be great. Okay, fine. Yeah. So I can tell you about this. Yes, day. yes, yes. Exactly. Yeah, he 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 went he went to join the army. I don't know what age he was in the in the first war, and um, he went to France, and he was he was okay. He he didn't. He, and then then General Allenby. Decided to join. To, they they uh, for a Jewish regiment was built. A Jewish regiment was um, made up. Uh, was was formed under General Allenby, and um, they he joined that, and they went off to Egypt, mm-hmm. and um, they weren't allowed to go to Palestine. The Jews weren't allowed to go. The Jewish for some reason no I, Jews were allowed in Palestine. The Jewish army never went. Jewish to army, although in fact the, army, the British army was in was in Palestine at the time. I mean, but it was the mm-hmm. Jewish the Jewish regiment never went there. So mm-hmm. he was in Cairo, mm-hmm. and he he had a good time there. I think and, <laughs> sounds like fun climbing pyramid. You can't do that now. No, you can't do you that can. now. You're getting big trouble. Uh, so so let's so so okay. 
we were saying so there's the the fire wardens the um the the raid air raid wardens air raid wardens and there was the, the, the everybody had to do something and there was yeah. a police special policeman <laughs> one of their jobs was to go to the um to the station well the railway station with yeah. some peculiar reason now which I hate as an Americanism, I think. It's called the train, they call it a train station these days, which is absolute <laughs> nonsense because, because a train station is where you keep trains. It's like a bus station where you keep buses. Well, they get they stay there for a little bit. Oh, yeah, they don't keep them there. A fire station is where you keep fire engines. A bus station is where you keep What buses. do you call it then? A, a stop? A railway station or a, a railway station, station. Or just a station. It was known as a station. But terrible expression to train. Could it, well, if it's just a station, there could be other things. It could or be. Or so it's a railway station. The railway runs through it. It's always there. The trains aren't. The trains are kept in sheds, railway sheds. That's, then that's, why that should be called the railway shed? Then no, there no because there's no railways. A train shed. A train shed, which is what they're called, but mm. not but not a train station. Well, this is. I don't know if we're going to be able to make this change from this room. This is uh, going to be a tough change to make. No, the change has been made already. Everybody calls them train stations now, which always annoys me. But that's one of my idiosyncrasies, I'm afraid. You know, I have my things. You have a few. I have a few. You definitely have a few. Yeah, I, I for, have for sure have So them. where was I? So, so We're talking about stations. Yeah, why, why? It's really interesting to me. You said, I just want to, so everyone felt like they had they had to do something. I, just, I think they had to do something. Yeah. Not that they ever felt to it. It was, it was almost, I don't know if it was that. A law, but so he used to go to the station occasionally, yeah, and stand with the ticket collector, yeah, and check people's. Everybody has mm -hmm. an identity card, yep, and check people's identity, make sure they were residents, because mm -hmm. if they weren't residents, they couldn't come into the town. Only army personnel and uh, obviously neighbor, mm -hmm. neighbor, and and. Um, could come into the town because they were, it was a res restricted area. So that's and you. Uh, so the the one you picked, the one you wanted to join, was the <laughs> was the the what is it? What was it called again? The reserves, the home guard, the home guard, dad's army. That's the program. Dad's army. Okay, that's the program. Dad's got army. It, got it's it. Got it. Very dad's famous program. Yeah. About you haven't seen it? No. Yeah. No. I oh, you should it. watch it. It's very good. Dad's fun. army. I'll watch it. Yeah. I, and. Um, we were issued with uh, a 303. That was Lee Enfield 303, which is the first war, first war run mm -hmm. rifle. It's mostly, and um, and we were, went, we went on maneuvers and we did all sorts of things. Were you not we scared? Just even before you got into it, were you not scared? Did your parent? Didn't your parents? Were they worried you would get injured or anything like that? I think the very strange thing about it is that they they took it all in somehow. I mean. Yeah. Oh, my mother was a typical Jewish mother, but she didn't seem to seem to worry about these things. I don't know. I mean, when we evacuated, we just went to it. There was no. I can't remember any emotional scenes. Just made me buy. Yeah. yeah. Cheerio, off we're off. Off to war too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I suppose so. Yes. I mean, um, hmm. so what? So where was I? So, so you got your. So you got so a three. Home, three. So I'm in the home guard, and yep. we did our drills, and we did our. Um, we had our machine guns, and we had, and then I was eventually became a became a corporal, a corporal um, machine gun instructor to Vickers machine gun, a great big thing with um, 
a belt, a belt for you. The one that goes... Yeah, that's right. But the only thing is... That's Two hands? In mean? theory, that's what they did. But we didn't... I never fired the damn thing, although as an instructor, I knew how to take it to pieces. <laughs> I never fired because we didn't have the ammunition to spare. Ah. I only had a, I only had a two or three bullets from my rifle because we... We were very short of ammunition at the time. So, so what did you tell? Do you this is you like this? Expect this when you shoot the gun. How? What was your teaching? How did you? Oh, so how to put it together? How to how to oh, fire? Okay, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. How to put it, how to carry it? But you to, never fired it once. And I actually never fired it. We also had later on we had the um, Sten gun. Yeah, which was a which was really a very Sten. What is a Sten gun? A Sten gun was like a like a machine gun, like a a hand a hand yeah. machine gun. With, yeah. With a belt, also with a belt, and that had a little, a little, um, what they call the things the bullets go in. Uh, ammunition package. Yeah, whatever. Well, yeah, um, and cartridge. that was a very, that was made very cheap. I think if if we were that more change of using it than the, the people we were dating, it was aimed at, but we were issued with uh, so I had a rifle and a stain gun at home in the cupboard, and um, what was I going to say? So that, that was the gun. The and then tree, we, yeah. we used to go on manoeuvres and we used to march and do drills. And uh, we had, uh, one time we had a big manoeuvre. The um, Canadian army was going to attack. The Canadians were the enemy, okay? Okay. The Canadian army happened to be stationed around there. And they were reckoned proper soldiers. Yeah. And they were going to attack us. We were stationed, we were... Defending Gilling, which is the next town up the hill from Chatham, and we had a border round wide, uh, barbed wire border round uh, round the town, and mm-hmm. we were supposed to defend this. And then the um, Canadian infantry were going to attack us, and our headquarters was a local cinema, local super cinema up on the road, and and um, we. Went into this trench, and we were supposed to, with our rifles, ready to shoot the attackers when they came. And the sergeant said to us, "Whatever you do, you don't shoot until I give the order." So we, you know, we, uh, I don't know what we have, must have blank cartridges or something. So I saw this soldier just attacking us, and I thought, well. I haven't been given the order of that. And he shot me and I was dead, which actually wasn't bad because then I could go back to the cinema and rest, spend, the rest, spend the rest of the evening sleep on the nice carpet upstairs in the cinema. So that was... <laughs> maybe, I should, maybe I should have pulled the trigger. I don't know that. Did anyone else shoot? Or were you I'm pretty sure they did. I don't know. No, I, I don't was, this, was the sergeant near you? Was he watching? I don't remember. I really don't remember. That's all I remember is I didn't shoot. That's the only thing. And I was shot. Did you get punished for being dead or you just no, dead? No, no, I was just dead. That was it. That's it. Yeah, well, that's usually <laughs> what it is. Yeah, you're just dead. That's it. Okay, that's it. So, um, and then uh, after my time in the Home Guard, I joined the Air Force. And as I was in, should I start telling you about the Air Force? I? Yeah, go for it. Tell me whatever you want to say. Right, yeah. I, uh, when you're 18, you're either called up for the Army or you're called up for the Air Force or for the Navy, whatever they decide to do with you. Or, But if you wanted to, you could join the Air Force as an air crew 
And to join the Air Force as air crew, you had to volunteer. And I... For the Army, you didn't have to volunteer? Oh, no. <laughs> you were, <laughs> You're you pulled were, in. You were, that was it. You went. Oh, boy. <laughs> you went. <laughs> you, you, got, you got a letter in the post, and that was it. Or the Air Force or the Navy General. But to, for, for the Air Force to, to go, if you wanted to join this flying air crew, you, you had to volunteer. Yeah. And um, I didn't fancy going in the Army. I didn't fancy going in the Army. I didn't, wouldn't have minded the Navy. But, uh, but um, Why didn't you want, like, the Army? Because you had to wear boots all the time. And I hated wearing boots. So if you were air crew, I'm not the ordinary RAF, yeah. but the air crew had special privileges. First of all, they didn't have to wear boots. Big, sounds like that's very important to you. That was very important. Yeah. You wore shoes instead of boots. Not all the time. You had to wear boots for driller. Uh-huh. But most of the time, you could wear shoes. Secondly, you had sheets on your bed, which the ordinary soldiers and airmen didn't have. No sheets on their bed. No sheets on their bed. We had sheets on their bed. Where would you guys sleep? On? Where would you sleep? Well, with Barracks. blankets. Blankets. I mean, where? Was it a bar- Is it like bunk beds? In beds, in beds, yeah. Bed, yeah, well, yeah. you know, iron beds. Yeah. Were you all together with lots of other? Oh yeah, sure. It was a hut. You always slept in a hut. Oh wow. In huts, with sergeant slept at one end, and you slept. Yeah. So so far, we have the benefits of no boots and blanket. That sounds pretty good. And no, no boots. Sheets on the bed. Sheets on the bed. And after the first six weeks <laughs> of basic training, you got five shillings a day instead of three shillings. It's pretty as, good. As a, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the three, three main reasons. And you had to choose what to be. And I, wanted, I wasn't particularly interested in um, being a pilot. I don't know why. All my friends wanted to be pilots. Yeah. I wasn't the least interested. I thought, what well, I don't want to drive a damn thing. I want to navigate it. So I decided <laughs> to become a navigator. Okay. So you had to go to... Um, you had to go to... Houston House, near Houston Station, which was actually part of the Air Force in those, those days. And um, you had to be, be assessed. You had to take all sorts of tests to see what you were suitable. Mm-hmm. There, were, there were grades. There was, there was what they called the P&B. That was Pilot Navigator Bomb Aimer, which you had to pilot pass a test to be in that group. That was a whole group who had to be in that. And then there was... Then, then, if you didn't pass them, you could become a radio operator or an air gunner. So I managed to scrape through those tests, and I joined as PMB. I heard you did pretty well on those tests. Did you do pretty well? On the well, I must have passed. Yeah. I, mean, I wasn't the only one. Thousands of people, <laughs> thousands of people passed. <laughs> you didn't have to be particularly expert, but mostly grammar school boys passed. Uh-huh. Mostly grammar school boys. Yeah. Past and um, and um, then you would, but they don't forget they had thousands. I mean, the air force, the air crew was the casualties were very high. I'll yeah. tell you about it later. But um, so they had to have people in reserve ready to go in. So you were sworn in. So now I'm a member of the RFVR, which is called cool. Royal Air Force Volunteer Reserve. Uh-huh. But you don't actually go in and get a uniform yet. You're sent home, and they will eventually, 
when they needed you, they would call you up. So I went home and carried on my civilian life as an article clerk to um, a county firm. How old were you this at this point? Six, um, 17. 17. Yes. So I had to leave the home guard. I was already, I haven't told you about my accountancy career, but I'll tell you about it later. But um, I had to leave the home guard because I was now film and joined the, the Air Force Cadets, um, which is another group that we had to train about. I don't know, we learned navigation. So anyway, we learned navigation, all sorts of other things. Yeah. And uh, we used to drill and go to a special place and other people. The only thing I remember, the only thing I remember about that, there was one of the, one of the chats there was a professional footballer who played for Talking United. That's the only professional That's, footballer. I, I'm ever. sorry, I'm just a little confused. So, okay, so you, so what's the order of things, like groups you're a part of? So you volunteer, and that, but you left that, and now you volunteered and you took your PNB test. Yeah. And you passed that test. Yes. And then you went to the training. No. No, okay. Then you went home. Then you went home, and you're in the reserves. Yes, yeah, so there, there were... Air Force cadets. Cadets, okay. Which were, you could actually join if you wanted uh, to instead of home guard. Yeah. But I, I had to go into that because yeah. I was now part of the Air Force. Yes, got it. So I had to leave the home guard. And join the the cadets. And join the cadets. Got it. And join them. So we used to, uh, I don't remember what we did. Yeah. It was in the gym somewhere. <laughs> but uh, we used to go about two or three times a week. I don't, don't know what we did. And, um, yeah. I was also an article clerk to a county firm in London, mm-hmm. which I used to go up and down on the train with every day. Wow. Uh, um, interesting enough, I don't know what fares are now. Three months, three month telephone, of oh, telephone, a three month season ticket that's for an hour's journey, 30 miles, was 13 pounds. Now it's about, I don't pay that, one day, I think. Thirteen pounds for three months. It's got to be ridiculous. It's got to be a crazy three months for thirteen months. It's got to be a crazy amount of money. Yeah. So you're in. So you're in the. So you're a cadet. I'm a cadet, Air Force cadet. Yes. And you're and you're going up and down on the train and you're working. I'm working in London and we and there was air raids sometimes on the train. Um, Does the train stop when there's an air raid? What happens? We usually keep going, but uh, (laughs) once I was on a train and we and. what happened? We had a, oh yes, I was in a train, train crash, train crash going Train back. crash? Yeah, we had, we had a minor train, but that, that, I don't know if there's anything to do with it. Was I it during a bombing or just no, a tra- just 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 train a, crash? Just a train crash. It was a minor crash. I think one person was actually killed. Jeez. And uh, it was um, just outside Dartford and we had to walk, get out of the train and walk. So, you know, that's the side of it. I used to go up and down on the train with my um, uh, every day to London. Eight five train to London. Those people didn't work so hard in those days. The um, the bosses were coming later, and uh, we, I used to eight five in the morning going up, and the five twenty two coming back. And um, it's a decent day. You said eight o'clock in the morning. Eight five eight o'clock in the morning, getting to work half past nine, leave at five o'clock. Accountants don't work like that in these days. And now they work from 7 o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night, as my son-in-law does. Really? Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. those days, it, things weren't so difficult. And, 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 uh, 
Oh, that's right. And yeah. so, so you're so we're on the train going yeah. backwards to Barcelona. We had our group of people used to be friends of mine. One was training. One was training to be a, an, an architect at, at the Region Street Polytechnic. Mm -hmm. So that's my vague knowledge of architecture. <laughs> I know that's why I can tell the difference between different types of columns and different types. Of I can't do it. That's good. That's good. I have no idea. No, no. And also. One of them, two of them were medical students. Two, one, one of them was a medical student. But he, so, he, but he was very keen. He was dead. He spent the whole. He spent the whole. Time, he became a very, very prosperous doctor afterwards. Wow. He in Harley Street and everything. But he spent the whole of his time sitting in the corner studying. <laughs> Sid G, his name was, and he Sid was G. Sid G. He was. He was slightly ahead of me at school. And he said he he was studying. We the rest of us used to talk around, play cards, and talk and talk about my other friend Henry Henry, Henry Halpern, who was a who was a um, training architect at the um, Regent Street Polytechnic, which eventually became part of the eventually became part a part of the University of London, mm -hmm. which is not been Regent Street Polytechnic was much nicer. It was in Regent Street, and he was. A friend of mine from Chatham, and and, and, and um, young, slightly younger than me, uh, he knew he was going to be a big architect from the very beginning. He knew uh, that he was going to be a top of the architect, and in fact, he was. Uh, uh, he became that, and he, he, when he started up in uh, practice, he took a little office in Gillingham, which is just near Chatham, an upstairs office, and mm -hmm. he had one bloke working for him. Working with him, and he started architectural practice, and he knew he was going to be, and he was the architect, and his friend who wasn't even qualified was his chief architectural assistant. That's what he was known as. That was a young lad working. Chief with. assistant. Chief. I had there was nobody else. There's a little upstairs. Yeah. The little upstairs office in Gillingham. That was why he was very, very, very ambitious. He did very well, actually. We came he had a big house for the ballroom. Wow. So, so, so it's these two years. So, when did it come that you were pulled out? Were you pulled out of the cadets to go into? Uh, but eventually, I was in there for eighteen months. I was yeah. eighteen months before I was actually called up. Uh huh. And during that eighteen months, of course, I was able to carry on with my, my um. Uh, accountancy studies. Yeah, I, I was even able to take my intermediate examination, which was uh, which was very lucky. And these are the exams you have to take to become an accountant. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we went to a call. We, it was in the middle of the winter. We went to a school called Haderbury somewhere in Essex, somewhere mm -hmm. a boarding school. It was freezing cold, and we took the took our intermediate exam there. And after that, I was called into the Air Force and um, <coughs> they sent a letter, I don't know how, and it was my time to go in. And it was on the June the 10th, June the 10th, 1944. It was, it was actually four days after D-Day. You know what D-Day was? That was that's like the victory day, right? No, no, no. D-Day was the day that June the 6th, 1944, yeah. 
was the day when the Allied armies attacked, went across the Channel to, to France, to, to mm. attack France, to go to Normandy. Mm. And, and, um, and, and then he used to say to me that, my wife used to say to me that um, when Hitler joined on the Air Force, the, Hitler knew I joined the Air Force. He decided that was the end of the end so I gave up the war. So it was anyway, it was D-Day. I'd be so, scared of you too. So it was June the 10th and we went to um, St John's Wood because more or less the whole of Regent's Park was taken over by the Air Force for aircrew training. Lord's Cricket Ground was taken over, lots of blocks of flats. And the block of flats to the north of Regent's Park I can't quite remember the name of. We were stationed in there and we had a nice flat on the top floor of my group. And um, of course, we did, and what part, we did our drilling and we, we, that's where we did basic training. Yep. Drilling and shoot rifle training and all that sort of thing. And uh, you, were allowed, you were allowed to use the bullets and sh- to practice shooting. I don't know if we did either. I think we did once or twice. Once or twice. I don't know. amazing. We may have done. And we did our basic training there, basic drill training. And What were the drills? Like like marching? Marching, and, yeah. We had yeah. to march in big. The strange thing was that we had to march in big groups, you know, do drilling and all sorts of things. And we had a... I say we had a nice flat, beautiful flat, our, our group on the top floor. I don't think we had the decent beds that they had. <laughs> that's, that's where we were. And we had to do fire watching. Fire, you know fire watching? No. We had to go on the tops of buildings to look out for bombs. So if, the, if any fire bombs hit the top of the building, we had to have our little buckets and put the fire bombs out. Uh, not those, but one beautiful summer's day, which was I'd only been in the Air Force for a few days. I think it was, I think it was the sixteenth of June. We saw the bombers coming over, the German bombers mm-hmm. were coming over. And well, did you did you see them first, or did you hear well, the signs? I'll tell you the story. In the distance, we saw these German bombers coming over, very small bombers. And of course, the air, the there were anti-aircraft guns all around London. And there were barrage balloons. You know what a barrage balloon is? A barrage balloon is a, a big static balloon on the end of a wire, mm-hmm. which was supposed to stop the, the, stop the bombers coming through. Mm. Um, and there were anti-aircraft guns. And um, we saw these planes coming. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful summer's day, we see it, June. And... The aircraft and the anti-aircraft guns were firing out. There was little puffs of smoke in the air. And suddenly we saw one of them dive. And we thought, that's good, they shot it down. And then we saw others diving. And what they were were the V1s. We didn't know. We thought they were bombers, but they weren't. They were the um, flying bombs. And when, when we thought they'd been hit, they were deliberately falling down to, to bomb. They were, have you heard of the V-1s? No. Well, the V-1s were the first, the first flying bombs. They were little, little rocket planes which flew from 
France, mm-hmm. across the Channel, and up to London, to, and then they were programmed to um, to dive, and bomb, there were bombs, actually, flying bombs. Flying bombs. So what we thought were bombers being shot down were actually flying bombs. Wow. So that we called the V1s. Well, that was the first day the flying bombs came over. After that, we knew what they were. And they were, uh, they were the V1s. So was that a was that a bad day then? I guess because they oh, obviously well, yeah they weren't very they weren't very nice yeah uh, they were flying all over and uh, I used to see them flying past and dropping you can't know. shoot them down right they were the what we used to know was what what everybody used to know is so long as the engines were going they're funny engines so long as the engines were going we knew they were we were okay because they were going to fly past you. If the engine stopped, you were in trouble. If, if it was above you and the engine stopped, you were in trouble because you know it was going to drop on you. Uh, that was all, the V1s. And then they were later on, they had the V2s. You've heard of the V2s with Werner Braun, the German rocket scientist, who mm. later on, after the war, was instrumental in um, rocket planning for... Wow. For the, he was interested in the uh, in the rocket planning in the in the uh, in, in America. He designed this V two, which was flew off from a place called Peenemunde in Holland, and this was actually a rocket. It was the first first rocket was actually like a like a like a rocket like a rocket ship. And they they were silent, and they just came over and they did a lot of damage. So, mm. In fact. Your your grandma's great aunt was killed by the last one of those wow. that, flew, that, that um, fell on flats in in the east end of London. Right. Did did the U, did England ever get those? Did we have any flying bombers or no? The V ones or V twos? No, no, I don't think we did. No, 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 but they. Oh, right. And then, and then I went to the Air Force. Oh, there was in, already in the Air Force. So, no, why I say that is because we were talking about drills. Yeah. We were no longer allowed to drill in large numbers in case if bomb fell on us, mm-hmm. a lot of people would be killed. Yeah. So they had very small groups of, um, very small groups of, say, of airmen yeah. training and uh, doing their training. And so it was much more, much nicer. But we had to move from our beautiful flat on the top floor to, to crowded flats down in the in, in the bottom where there were more protected air raid shelters. So it was un- unfortunate. Ah, then what? We did our basic training there. You want to know what happened there after that, I presume? You're yeah, I just, I just... You're going to ask me questions or we're just going to carry on? I just like... I could listen to you talk forever. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just interested in, what, in what's... So... So when oh, wait, wait, yeah. uh, this is, um, I you know, you, excuse me, I do tend to forget things. Me too. <laughs> uh, uh, and um, the reason we were there, St. John's, well, I'm sorry, we weren't just there to do our basic training. We were there to be tested to see what we would become, whether we become a pilot, a navigator, or a bomb aimer, or a and uh, or a uh, radio operator or air guy. Um, and 
we took over. We had all the flats in Sion. One, one of the flat, one of the very fancy flats was the medical centre. But Lord's, Lord's Cricket Ground, which we also took over, we, I go we, the Air Force, <laughs> took over. That was we, yeah. Yeah, was where they did the tests. And we had to go there for tests, two or three days of tests. Yeah. And um, obviously I didn't want to become a pilot. I wanted to become a navigator. So I did the tests and we had various different tests and they decided I wasn't going to be a navigator. I was going to be a bomb aimer. So my training was to be a bomb aimer. Mm-hmm. Um, because they had these little, you know, like a, a cylinder that revolves around with mm-hmm. buttons on it. Yeah. You had to touch it with, well, they had these in fairground to see how many buttons you could touch. Man, I did very well at that. <laughs> and so the, so you so you were a bomb aimer, you weren't, what? A bomb aimer. Yeah. The training was the same as a bomb aimer. As basically, the, train, the basic training was the same for pilots, bomb aimers, and... Um, Navigators. So you weren't. So you weren't a navigator. You were a bomb aimer. Well, late, yeah, later on. <laughs> later on, you're yeah, a navigator. I'll tell, that, I'll tell you about that later. Um, and we were sent off to a place called Bridge North, okay, which is near Wolverhampton in Shropshire, and we did our six weeks. Six weeks. Could it only be six weeks? Yeah, well, six weeks. Six weeks training there. Um, it was like a school. We had um, the the officers who taught us were actually school teachers. Mm. We had this geography teacher was pretty good teaching navigation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we had a special book which was. We had to learn. Obviously, navigation. We had to learn meteorology. We had to learn. We had to learn all the rules of the air force, how to send signals, how to order people around because they they know we were going to become sergeants or officers. Mm-hmm. So, so we had to tr- learn how to do discipline. We had to learn meteorology was lovely. We had to learn about stars. We had to learn aircraft recognition. We had actually started off. First, we had a parade in the morning, um, breakfast and a parade. Mm-hmm. Then eight o'clock, we started lessons. Eight o'clock to twelve o'clock lessons, and then had lunch. And I presume from two o'clock till six o'clock, we had lessons, eight hours lessons a day. Wow! And then we had to go back back to our huts and do our homework <laughs> and study and that sort of thing. And in the middle, we had um, drills and and. Uh, Train, well, not what they call um, gymnastics. What are they called? Um, aerobics. Aer- uh, not aerobics. No, train, weightlifting. Uh, whatever they call it. What's it called generally? Um, when you when you do what? Physical training. Physical Phys- training. Physical yeah. training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to, we had to run around and climb walls and do what they call it up and down through uh, push-ups. No, no, going through 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 barriers and over walls. Obstacle and, courses. Yeah, and obstacle stuff courses. Yeah, 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 yeah. All yeah. that sort of thing. And strangely enough, I never considered myself too much. I always considered myself a bit of a, um, not very athletic, rather. But I've been managed quite well, those things. I could climb over walls, I could even run with boots on, which I didn't think I could. Because with the school, I was absolutely hopeless at gymnastics. <laughs> I'm completely useless. 
I was the worst runner in the school. Worst uh, runner? Pardon? What did you say? You were the worst at the worst. We had a we had middle school had a cross country run. Yeah. At my school. And um, I was next to last out of 200 or 150 boys. And the reason I wasn't last, because the chap who was running in front of me thought he'd passed the winning, who next to last, thought he'd passed the winning post, so he stopped running. <laughs> so I was next to last. I was a very bad runner. But when I went to the Air Force, strange enough, I could, I could run. I don't know, it's very odd. Yeah. Very odd. I couldn't drill. No. I could not drill. I, for some reason, I have no. What's it word? What Co- like uh, coordination. Coordination. No, I just could not drill. I don't know. We had to do drills. We had to. Ta- we even had to take drills. You know, in other words, order the drills. Yep. And I just couldn't do it. I, I just couldn't. And and and. And these are the drills like marching, marching, big yeah, parades, yeah. and that sort of thing. And my sergeant, who was a bit. Of, he was a nice chap, although he shouted a lot, but he was he used to say to me, he said, he said, you go, he said, he said, when we go to the big parade, he said, perhaps you don't mind saying the saying not going on the parade. Oh boy. So I used to spoil the whole drill. I could get it wrong. He said, turn left, I turn right. And I, just, I couldn't automatically do what they told me yeah. to do. It's just it's, it's very strange. Uh, did they yell at you when you did they like, gurgle? What are you doing? During it, and they said, "Focus yeah, up." I took on. I didn't care. You didn't, you didn't care. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I was unpleasant about it. So, um, so we had to work. We had to work every day. Eight hours a day, studying, even studying in the evening, drills, drills and parades in between, and we had one day off a fortnight to go home, uh, and if you wanted to. So it's hard work, but it was interesting. Nice chaps, very nice people. Did you have to take like a final test to get, yeah? Yeah, we had to pass it. I did very well my navigation test, actually. Uh, somebody told me I got 100%. I don't wow. Believe, I don't believe it. Somebody said, I believe it. Uh, so, so, you, so you passed the test. I passed all the tests. You passed all the tests. You went through the training. And that was it. And that was it. And then we were supposed to go on flying training, uh-huh. right? Yep. Next thing was to go to Canada or South Africa or somewhere like that and go on flying training. But there was a long wait because, as I said before, the casualties were so high they had to have plenty of people waiting to be trained. Mm-hmm. So the casualties were so high in when you were part of the bombers? Bombers, yes. Yeah. Bombers. We were in, bomb- we were in bomber command, but uh, we didn't. So they had to wait to do our flying training, which I never did. So they sent us off to do all sorts of other jobs in the Air Force. Um, they sent us the first place I went to was Scampton okay. in, in Lincolnshire. It was a very, very famous bomber command station. In fact, it was a station that um, Guy Gibson, who did the... Um, the uh, Dam busters, you heard of the dam busters? Mm-mm. I honestly never heard of the dam no. busters. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I gotta watch two shows now. There's two huh? shows I need to watch. Dam busters for the um, they had 
this chap invented this bomb that which would fall on the dams in Germany yeah. and break to to flood to they had to skip along the surface of the dam and eventually they'd hit the wall of the dam at the end. Barnes Wallace, that was his name. Barnes Wallace. He was a very famous scientist, uh-huh. a physicist. He worked out you drop these bombs, these big cylinders, right? They look like big, big um, cylinders of explosives, which would they were called the bouncing bombs. They they would drop bouncing bombs. The, the plane would fly. The anchors the bomb would fly over. Yeah. I mean, people know about this. Teacher. I mean, no, this is no that's. I've heard. I think I've heard of bouncing bombs before. Uh, so they would drop on the surface of the of the dam. Yeah. Roll up to the dam wall and they explode, and burst open the dam wall. Wow. And the, these were in the Ruhr, which was the big manufacturing area of Germany, mm-hmm. where they'd mined all the armaments, and they would burst all the and the water would flow down and 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 drown all the. Uh, Munition factories wow. in the Ruhr, okay, which actually did work. But Guy Gibson was, was the um, Guy Gibson, very famous pilot who mm-hmm. ran the dam busters. He was, and he that was from Scampton. That was before I was there. When I was there, it was a a, a bomber base, mm-hmm. and we had to do odd jobs. And well, we my was attached. I was attached to the. Um, the, the armourers. Mm-hmm. And what the armourers did, we had to go out before the raids and go out to disperse. You see, the bombers weren't stationed, weren't equipped in one place in case mm-hmm. of bombing, in case of being attacked. So they were called on, they were called dispersals. So each bomber had to accept one or two bombers were in in these dispersals. And we had a hut there mm-hmm. where the armourers used to sit. And um, where, before the raids, obviously the night, the night, night raiders, so we used to do in the daytime, we'd bomb up the plane. So our job was to, the, the, the planes were there and we had to, the, the bombs were brought around by tractors and trolleys. Mm-hmm. To to the um, to the dispersal. Okay. The bombs were brought down the trolleys, and and they, our job was to um, fix the bomb gear to them at the the um, what are they call brackets. I can't remember what they're called now. Uh, they're like a, a, a like a long metal with 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 arms at the end that held the bombs. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, held mm-hmm. the bombs in place. Yep. To the hook on, yep. and that had to be, that had to be hooked, placed on the bomb. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then our job was to have what they call a winch. Mm-hmm. So we had to go up in the, into the plane. Yep. With these winches, were quite heavy, mm-hmm. and then pull the draw draw the bombs up into, into the plane into the bomb. What's the bomb place place called? Bomb hatch. Hatch bomb hatch. Yes. Bomb. Yes. Into the bottom of the plane, and uh, fix the what were those damn things called? <laughs> that caught, held the bombs in place. It's a so so it's something that would wrap around the harness bomb, bomb harness. It, 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 it was bomb a, harness. It, whatever it was, it had a hook on it. Yeah, it had a hook, 
which held out to hook mm. off the. It was a just a thing. Yeah, it's like a just a, uh, just a it's a harness. It was a long thing with with a, with legs at either mm. end, which holds the bomb steady. Yep, and a hook in the middle to hit, fix in the hook mm. on the fixing the hook on the top of the bomb. Yeah, and that fixed on the hook on the. Inside in the, of the plane. Inside the plane, yeah. In, in the bomb area. Catch. Yeah, that's that's cool. Oh, God, what was it called? <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's okay. Bombay. 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 So they, we had to go up into the plane with these, with these, metal, with these winches. Yep. Which I can't remember how they worked. I suppose they're electric. And uh, we had to pull the bombs up into the Bombay mm -hmm. and fix the hook. That held the thing in place mm -hmm. on the bomb bay, and there were two hooks: one to hold the bomb in place, yep, and one to hold the pin on the propeller in the front of the bomb, mm. because the propeller in the front of the bomb was a was it was a little propeller which would go which was hiding the charge at the front, mm -hmm. the explosive charge, what was called the. Oh, what's it called? Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. What well, it was called, that that was explosive. Yeah. And that would set off the big explosive. Mm -hmm. So as soon as, soon as that, that hit the ground, yeah. that would go off like a like a, like a cap. Yeah. And a little explosive in there. It would set off the big explosion. And set off the big explosive. Yeah. And so that if you dropped the bomb, when you were playing with around with yeah. it, loading it, yeah. it didn't go off. Yeah. <laughs> It had a little propeller, yeah, a little propeller in the front, yeah, with a cap on, uh -huh. which when the bomb dropped, the propeller would switch, would would spin and charge the ignition. Oh, that's bomb. interesting. Yes, so that's in, so that so so there was actually inside the bomb there was the propeller, and that you had the in the front was, of the bomb. The front of the bomb is the propeller and then the front of the bomb and there's all the explosives in the back of the, the bomb the back of the bomb so when so when the plane is when the plane actually drops the bomb it pulls out the two pins it pulled out the pin from the no one pin one pin the propeller the, pin it was attached to the harness yeah that's that pulled out the propeller pin so the propeller was free. and then the propeller would spin spin in the wind and it, it charges around. this fu a it fuse it didn't charge it just it, yeah. it fell off yeah and now the the, the cap at the beginning what it's called the Ignition. Yeah, the ignition charge. The ready, initial charge. So when that would go up, it hit the ground. Wow. So that that was and the the big hook at the back, yeah, which held the bomb on yeah. it was released by the bomb aimer. Yeah. When they would press the button, that yeah. would let go of it. So so that was the so our job was to load the load the load the bomb. And the bombs came along with the trolleys. They're all different sizes. There were thousands, five hundred pounders wow. of incendiary bombs. And and, and uh, five hundred pounders, thousand pounders, and the big one was called the cookie. The cookie. Yeah. <laughs> how how big was the cookie? Uh, that weighed um, a thousand pounds. Thousand pounds. That was a thousand pounds. That's crazy. But the ones we had to be careful with. No, sorry, four thousand pounds. Four thousand. Four thousand pounds. I'm sorry, four thousand. Two tons. <laughs> yes, four thousand pounds. There were bigger ones as well. There was a sergeant, yeah, which was uh, twice the size of that. Eight thousand pounds. Eight thousand pounds. Oh my! God. And there was an even bigger one, which was twelve thousand pounds. <coughs> and, the, and the planes that took those up 
had to had to fly with the bomb doors open because you couldn't you could have fit because they couldn't fit inside the Lancaster. They had to have to fly with the bombs open. Couldn't fit. There was room. There was room for it. Right. So the cookie, which was a four thousand pounders, and there were small ones, five hundred pounds, two fifty pounders. But the ones we had to be careful of were the thousand pounders because they were made in America <laughs> and they weren't very stable. The rest were made here. They were fine. You could do what you like with those. You could throw them around, drop them on the ground. They wouldn't. But we were told be careful with the thousand pound ones. <laughs> they were made in America. If they fell on the ground, they could they could explode on their own. Well, I don't think explosive charge. So we had to be very careful with the thousand. How dare you insult America? In this. <laughs> That's what we were told. That <laughs> was true. And but it was true. <laughs> they came along on the and they came along on the um, trolleys, and we loaded up the aircraft. And then after that would come the trolley axe. You know what a trolley hack is? You never go, what a trolley hack is. It was a trolley full of full of batteries, car, like car batteries. Yeah. And why do we do them? What were they for? I don't know. Idea. Trolley no batteries, idea. Car no. batteries. Like, well, lorry batteries were car batteries, they're like car batteries. It was, it was brought along by a tractor. And everybody said, two six on the trolley. That, Two six meant you had to go and help push it around. One said, two six. Two six on the trolley. Uh -huh. We all had to go along and push it towards the aircraft. Yeah. Why did we push it towards the aircraft? I have no idea. Pushing car batteries towards an aircraft? I yeah. have no idea. Towards why. the Lancaster bomber. Could, what, would it push away? The, I have no idea. Right. I'm thinking magnets, but no. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. Charging? No. no. There's wireless charging wasn't no. a thing then. No. no. Yeah. Why was it there? I'll tell you. Because the batteries in the bombers had to be looked after, and they weren't that strong. It's been to before. The ones they'd flown a lot, the batteries were strong, but they weren't very strong. So what we had to do was, they had, the pilot had to, you had, they had to attach these batteries to the plane to start the engine. Wow. Because the batteries in the phone. Because it's like when you, if you leave your car on for two hours. Like long. if you yeah. leave your car off charge, yeah. you have to put batteries to charge it. Wow. So there's all these big, big trolley full of about 20, I don't know how many, batter, large batteries. Yeah. All presumably linked in series to give a big charge. Yep. There to, um, to start the engines of the Lancaster bombers. So as you go on to each engine. Yeah. To each engine and start it up with a, with a, um, with a trolley hack. And this would be before they take off and go... Um, before they flew off, yeah. before they took off, either for training flights yeah. or for bombing. Yeah. So when we sat, it's the middle of the winter, and we used to sit in these huts, the armourers and yeah. us, yeah. who were helping them. Uh -huh. And the one in charge was the corporate armourer, and we had to sit round a, sit round a uh, stove to keep us warm. It was very cold that winter. Mm -hmm. And what they used to do for amusement, of course, they had to charge up. The, they also had to load the um, machine guns with mm -hmm. um, with um, ammo and stuff. With bullet, bullet charge. What they called the big ones were called something else. The bigger the, the bigger bullets were called something else. I can't remember. And what they used to do for fun, for amusement, was take the 
open up these bullets and take the um, little bits of cordite out, which was, cordite was a thing that, that, that set off the explosive mm -hmm. to charge mm -hmm. the bullet. Yeah. And take these bits of cordite out and throw them on the, on the blow, on the fire to burst and jump around me like fireworks, you know. <laughs> one of the amusements. And also the other amusement. Did that make, did the ammo still work after that or no? No, there were plenty of bullets that didn't get thrown away. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Or maybe there were bullets that didn't, I don't know why they did. Yeah. And the other amusement was to have, there were always bits of perspex lying around. Perspex, perspex. No. It's a plastic. Okay. So used to make the, um, the windshields of the okay. planes yeah. are made of perspex, very strong plastic. Yeah. And for some reason, they're always breaking these windshields. There were bits of this perspex lying around. So we used to carve up, make model airplanes out of this. <laughs> you make model airplanes out of the plastic that made the, the plastic. windshield of the plane. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. So so you're so you're here, you're at the you're done the training, you're loading the bombs on the planes. And we're sitting around there and it, yeah. that's one of the jobs we yeah. had. And then we were stationed there and we used to have, um, one of my jobs was to go with one of the planes, no, that was a, another air station I was, planes, one plane unfortunately crashed coming in and we had to go and be a... Rescue queue, crew? No, we had to go and watch it all night, um, stand by to, what they used to call them, I can't remember what it was called. We had to, there had to be a guard, the guard used to guard the plane mm -hmm. when it crashed. And it wasn't very nice. It was a very nice thing to do. But, um, you had that, to guard the, sorry, you had to guard the plane that was crashed? Well, because there were bombs on it and there were, oh, okay, there were bodies, obviously body, yeah. There were yeah. bodies in there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were bodies in there as well. It came back from Michigan and crashed. Well, um, um, right, that was my job on that station. Yeah. Then we went to another station Called Bimbrook. Okay. In Lincoln, also in Lincolnshire, mm -hmm. near Grimsby. Okay. And there, my job was. My job was there. It was in the parachute room. Okay. So we had to store the parachute. We didn't hang. I, I, I wasn't a parachute folder because that was a very skilled mm -hmm. job. Parachute folder, very skilled job. Yeah, to fold the parachutes up. Right? The, our job was to, um, to, to like a cloakroom, mm -hmm. to hand out the parachutes mm -hmm. yep. to the air crew when they came round and, mm -hmm. and take it back mm -hmm. from those who returned, who weren't as many as went out, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Usually about six sevenths of them. One in seven was usually lost. Really? Average. Wow. Oh, seven. Each flight, each raid, each, each um, mission. Yeah. And they had to... They had to do, I think it was about 10 or 9 missions. Each one, if it was called a mission. Mm. And if they were lucky, they got through the 10. Very lucky. One in seven chance, that's, that's pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it wasn't bad. And we had to take the hand out of the parachutes to them. And, uh, it wasn't very nice. Uh, and um, there we... One of the say one of the planes crashed, crashed coming back from a raid. Mm. Post unusual. Um, that was my job, and we were stationed near 
No, Grimsby. You heard of Grimsby? Yeah. Grimsby no. is a fishing town. Yeah. Okay. Was a very important fishing town then. I don't think it is now. Um, and uh, we used to, on our day off, we would go down to Grimsby. And they, they were... Um, Airsky rescue boats. Airsky mm -hmm. rescue boats. Mm -hmm. Well, when the planes, if the planes crashed in the in the channel, yeah, on the way back from, on the way out, or on the way back from planes, the Airsky rescue boats were like um, like a torpedo boat, similar, okay, similar yeah. size, yeah. and like an ambulance mm. boat, and would go out to to, to rescue the. The, the planes crash. Yeah, in the, when they crash in the ocean, yeah. Pull the pilot, yeah. pilots out. Yeah. And um, they, they were stationed there in Grimsby. And on our day, my, one of my, on one of my days off, I, I went down there and asked if we go for a ride in the rescue boat. And they mm. took, because we were in the airport, yeah. we were in the I said, yes, you can come out with us on a parole. Yeah. On my day off, so. Yeah. Oh, God. It was terrible. I think I spent my whole time lying in one of the bunks on one of the stretches. I was so sick. It was, really? Oh, You're seasick? Oh, terrible. It was, and that, and what a day off. <laughs> a day off. Other day off. Why did you want to go on the boat? Well, I like to go for a ride. For a little ride around the sea and the stuff around like that? Sea, yeah. yeah, on one of the patrols. And uh, another day off, I would go across the, that a ferry to go across the river to the Humber River okay. to... I don't. I don't know any of these places, so it's okay. <laughs> you'd go. To, you'd go on ferries to to the big town on the other side. It was town, Yorkshire. Yorkshire. Yorkshire was the other side. Okay, of town, which was a town called very famous. Stupid. I forgot the name of it. Hull. 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 Like the hull of a ship. Like the hull of a ship, which is rather, which was unique in one respect, and still is. They had their own telephone service. That was the only town in the country that didn't join the GP, it wasn't joined up the GPO. Well, the they had their own that's strange. <laughs> Could you call them from outside the town then, or no? Oh, yeah, they had their own telephone service. I don't know why. But Hull, that was just, we were, now they've built a bridge across, yeah. from Grimsby to across the river. Uh -huh. But there was no bridge, there was a ferry. So how old So how old are you at this point when you're on these these different locations? Are you still 18? Are you 18, 19, 18, 19, 19 yeah. I yeah. Know. And um, what happened then? The next job, went back to anybody, uh, Syreston. Syreston, there was a, another Air Force town, mm -hmm. uh, Air Force airplane uh, in Nottingham, yep. near, near Nottingham, on yep. the River Trent. Um, on our days off there, we'd gone through the River Trent, it was very nice. And my, what we, what they were doing there this must have been after the war, when the um, Berlin was Berlin was was um, was surrounded by the Russians. Mm -hmm. Russians took over Berlin mm -hmm. first. Yep. Until it was then later on the English, British, and the French had a third each of Berlin. Mm -hmm. And in, those, in that first time. It was just the Russians who had Berlin. Uh -huh. And they wouldn't allow, for some reason or other, they had the whole of East Germany, and they wouldn't allow supplies to be 
to be brought to Berlin mm -hmm. by from the West by road. So it was the Berlin airlift. You heard yeah, I've heard, it, I've heard it. It's very yeah. cool. Talk about it because I think I think it's so cool. Yeah, the Berlin airlift and the, what what we what they were doing with that Syrian Air Force was loading up planes yeah. for the Berlin airlift with food and all yep. sorts of things for the army that was in Berlin and for the, so the civilians and our suppose the British army that was there. What yeah. was there. <clears throat> but they didn't give me that job. I was as I was as I was um trained to be an accountant, they um set me off to do the audit of the officers' mess accounts. Mm. That's what I did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, because that's what your training was doing. That's, so that's, that's my job there. Yeah. Then what I do then? Oh, yes, then one day somebody, somebody came around, anybody want to volunteer to go for a job in the Air Ministry of London, in London? So naturally I jumped at the chance. Yeah. The what of London, the... Pardon? The what of London? The ministry? Air ministry. Air ministry, yeah. The air ministry had worked in London. Had yeah. Been, that was part of the government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. one, of, one of the ministers. Okay, we're coming back. We're coming back from a little bit of a break there. Just, you know, let's whip out Let's whip out the scotch as well. I think it's I think it's time. We don't have to drink it. I'm just going to bring it out and put it in okay. front of us. So, so you were... What was the next... So the, so the next job... Oh, okay. We're yeah. up. Okay, we're on parade, and somebody says, um, one of the officers comes along and says, um, anybody want to volunteer to go and work in London? So naturally I did. I volunteered, among a few other people. And they said, so long as you can find somewhere to stay, you can go and work in London. So my aunt's, it was in Kilburn, we had work was in Kilburn. And my aunt lived in Wembley. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. My aunt lived in Wembley and I gave him a ring. Mm -hmm. I'll divert. I said I gave him a ring. Yep. I go back to Black to Bridgenorth. I go back to Bridgenorth. Yep. Where I did my initial training. I wanted to phone home. In those days, phoning home was not what it is now. We had, there was a long queue. We had to wait for an hour outside of one telephone box. Wow. In the middle of the, of the, of the camp. You had to wait an hour to make a well, phone call. Well, maybe to make a phone call. That's crazy. To go phone home. And there were not many people had phones, so if everybody had phones, it would be I divert. Sorry about that. No, it's it's interesting. Go back, back again. Yeah. I'm back to where was I? You were so you're on your third. Well, I was in yeah. my um, it was where I was stationed. Then I volunteered to go back to. I rang my aunt and said, "Can I come and stay with you?" When I'm working in Kilburn, they said, "Yes, fine." So I went back and stayed with my aunt, Auntie Rosie, in her house in uh, Wembley Park. Mm -hmm. And um, the Air Force gave me a bike and I cycled into Kilburn every day yep. to work in the Mayor Ministry. So that's my 
one experience of being a civil servant. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was um, very odd. There were all the different ranks, clerical officers, senior clerical officers, and all that sort of thing. We were in a we were in a convent, which was just off Major Vale, and I worked in the, the, the I was a, obviously a, not, not a very high position, and my job was to pay for chimney cleaning, chimney cleaning in all, all throughout the Air Force. So I had to... My, 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 think, chimney cleaning. I think it was fourpence a chimney. Wow. So I had to pay. It's, it's called, I can't remember what I did. Yeah. There was another job. I can't remember what other job was. And we're in the finance section. I had to authorize. I had to authorize chimney cleaning <laughs> throughout in all the all the, the huts and yeah, all, yeah, the stoves yeah, yeah. in the huts and right there. I think it was four fourpence a window cleaner. Wow. Uh, or something like deal. that. I had another job. I'd authorised something else, but I can't remember what that was. And that was my job there in the MS3. And the cleric officer, senior cleric, executive officer, there was a big noise. The big noise of the executive officer. Mm, the executive fancy. That's at least the, the senior cleric officer, he was he was my immediate boss. Mm -hmm. He was a very nice man, as far as I remember. But it was okay. And I lived with my my aunts in Wembley yep. and mm -hmm. uh, suck, suckered in every day. Uh, Wow. And uh, occasionally went home to Chatham on leave at the end of the week. Uh -huh. um, That's nice. That was it. And then what else did I do? Oh, yes. Another job they sent us to Ashbourne. It's in Derbyshire. Beautiful place. Uh -huh. Derbyshire, right uh -huh. in the Ashbourne. It's the, uh, where the where the complete gardener was. Complete fish or whatever. Angler. Mm-hmm. Isaac Walton's complete Wrangler was written on the river there, river, river what it's called. And our job there was loading, believe it or not, condensed tins of condensed milk. <laughs> I can't remember what we did in that factory. It was yeah. Nestle's factory. Nestle's, yeah. Making condensed milk. Oh. And all I remember, I don't know what job we actually did. I suppose we were loading them into pallets, if they had pallets in yeah. those days, yeah. or onto lorries or... Was considered war work. Why was was considered war work? I don't know. Don't know. But anyway, it was tins of condensed. And then our lunch hour, we'd sit on top of this pile of tins of condensed milk and open one or two tins and help ourselves. That's funny. To condensed milk it was lovely to drink. Very nice. <laughs> Can you drink the condensed milk? It was, oh, it's lovely. Have you tasted yeah. it? Oh, it sounds kind of nasty. It's very sweet and lovely. Really, really it's lovely. Yeah, very I good. Drink, oh. It was, and maybe I wouldn't like it now. That sounds. It's like thickener now. Well, I think. I think it's thickener now and stuff like that. Thickener. It makes things more thick. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. So what? Maybe they used to send it away to. Um, it was a way of getting nourishment to the troops. Could right? be. Yeah, it could be. I'm trying to it's think. It's very, very high in calories, obviously. Yeah, I guess it's, and it's it's packaged into small containers, so it's easy yeah. to kind of get there. I think those are all the jobs. I've... So when did you become... Well, oh, well, that's right. Yeah. Okay, fine. But not become what? I was nav. Am I jumping too far ahead? The navigator. I never did. Na not become, but did you were... Uh, you were... Yeah, they, the war finished too yeah. soon. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, we did our training. I trained in navigation. Yes, yes, that's what I did. But yep, never did yep, the flying yep, train. Yep, yep, so yep. right, after that, we're still in the Air Force. I've been in now for a, for a couple of years. Yeah, two, three years, yeah. And nothing had happened. And I've been running around. 
And I said, well, you better find you a job to do permanently in the Air Force. Yeah. Well, you know, you don't just jam me around once. St- oh, by the way, our basic training, our basic place, we moved from job to job. We always went back to Manchester, which was our which is our base, mm-hmm. Heaton Park, Manchester. Okay. And when I was at Heaton Park, Manchester, I used to go and visit a nice Jewish family every Friday night. Uh-huh. Took me to Shaw, Heaton nice. Park. That's nice. Called the Holy Lord Shaw and uh, very nice people. Anyway, so we, got, we, we eventually we got back to Heaton Park. I said, what are we going to do with you? So we had to find a job. So what would you like to be? I said, one thing I don't want to do is to go into the pay, the pay department and be a pay clerk. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that. I want to do something different. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, sorry. I'm going back again. I'll tell <laughs> you. I'll tell you one of the other jobs I did. Yeah. This is the best job I had in the air, in the air force. We went to a place called Morton Valence. Okay. Just south south of Gloucester. Okay. And there, my job was in the uh, in the motor in the. Uh, in transport. Transport. And a nice job that they said. Um, they, when I got there, they said, well, "Can you drive? Can you drive a lorry?" I said, "No." Yeah. Have you passed a driving test? I said, "No," but I can drive because nobody nobody took a driving test during the mm-hmm. war. But I was a driver. But I'd had to learn to drive, and I drive a lot. So can you drive a lorry? I said, "No." But they said, "Well." Get in and try. So <laughs> I get in the lorry and drove it. And I said, get in and try. So I drove it and I said, well, you're all right, you passed. It was, it was very easy. You never, actually, no driving tests? No tests? That was my test. That was the test. Okay, very important. Yeah, very official. Yeah, so they said, get in the lorry, this big three-ton Bedford lorry. Most beautiful vehicle I've ever driven. It's, it's lovely to drive. A, a truck? A big a, lorry? A big three-ton lorry, yes. Uh, it's lovely to drive because you sit up, you sit up high, yeah, and you're Lord of the Universe. You know, you're, you you're are the Lord king, of the Universe. You're the King of the Road. Yeah, no one wants to mess Nobody with that. Nobody wants to do yeah. you. Yeah, and it's nice and high and it's comfortable. So they said, "Well, that's one of your jobs." I, um, I used to take go and pick up coal and bring it. I didn't do any work. I just sat and drove. Yeah, and the part and the uh, Royal Air Force Regiment did all the nasty, nasty jobs like loading the rubbish on the back and. Picking up coal, and I had to back this lorry up to a tiny, tiny little hole where it used, mm-hmm. used to push the push the coal through to, yep. to load the coal. I just sat in the front. And what else? Did I do? Then I sometimes I drove the uh, station commander's car, which was a uh, Hillman Minx. Wow, Hillman Minx. And other times I drove the ambulance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I drove the ambulance. I drove the station commander's car. I drove the Hill, the Bedford lorry, which was a lovely car to drive. And then I drove the, um, we had Dodge lorry, excuse me, American. 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 Useless bloody things they were. These Dodge lorries, they had gears up, horrible gears they had on them, and they wouldn't start, they'd never start in the morning. So we obviously had started with a starting yeah. handle. Well, the Bedford lorries, you just turn the handle, they started. These damn Dodge lorries were hopeless. And you had to, what we did in the end was to light a fire underneath them to, to get the damn thing to Light a fire? 
But yeah, like a bonfire underneath the engines to get it warmed up enough to start. You know? That's crazy. <laughs> but it worked. Uh, poor uh, American, poor American engineer. Oh, useless! How, it's, I, I, I think I just have to stand here and take this. I can't. Pardon? I can't fight against the American. <laughs> yeah, I, have to, I have to. You know, I'll support them. I'll support them later. <laughs> so when? So so anyway. Yeah. So that was my best job in the yeah. Air Force. I loved that. Favorite, your favorite job. Yeah, and we used to sit, and one of my jobs was sit by, to, to sit by a little. It was a little old petrol station, yeah. a civilian one, yeah. which we took over for our, for our, um, for the Air Force. Wow. Uh, and um, what else did I do there? Oh, that, yes, that's the first thing I, that, did that bomb was there? No, that was, I'll tell you that was my first flying, I'll tell you that later. Um, so uh, we used to pump. To fill up the vehicles, yeah. we did a one of the old one of the old fashioned petrol pumps with a turn handle. You had to turn a handle to, to load the pump it. Pump it, and they had an old Rolls Royce there, a, a pre war Rolls Royce, standing out in the front, which was just there, just left. I mean, left yeah. it there, and if I'd have, I should have bought it from it would worth a fortune. I no. bet. <laughs> I bet. So, 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 so you did that. So that job, and then I didn't tell you my first when I when I was at um, <coughs> a place near Grimsley, Bimbrook. Yeah. Oh yes, what we could do there on a day off, or maybe not on a yeah. day off. We used to go along to the. I would go. They did. They were. Practice the bomb. The bombers used to go off on practice runs, mm -hmm. and I'd never flown at all. Mm -hmm. So we used to go off to the flying hut, say to the officer in charge, "Can we go for a flight?" And they—that's the first time. I, first time I ever flew. That's why my first flight was a Lancaster bomber. So wow. So we—they took us up, and we we just sat on the end of the engineers. Flight engineer was another job, wasn't it? Yeah, we sat on the end of the engineers' bench. And mm. uh, but we just was just, just behind the pilot, yeah. And we we took off, and they did flying bomber bomber try. They had they had little bombs, practice bombs, yeah, which they dropped on the marshes on the um, on the Humber marshes. That was the fence. That was what was the fence. What was it? What was it like being on the plane? Fun. What it was, was all mud. It was mud flat. Yeah. What was it like being on the plane? Well, it, well, we had a, we had obviously a parachute. Yeah, we didn't have any. Uh, we were just sitting there, and I was just behind the pilot, yeah. so we could watch what the was. Was it exciting was. to be on the plane? It was quite interesting. Yeah. yeah, and then they would do these. Um, they would do um, avoidance training. Yeah, so they would suddenly dive. So they were being attacked. They would suddenly yeah. do a, a dive and a yeah. rise and that sort of. Thing. I used to fly. Well, I remember. So, being flown off my seat while we just diving. <laughs> you're, no, you're not seat belted in or no, anything? No, we weren't seat belted in. Yeah. So, uh, so you just fly in the air when they dive down. Yeah. That's crazy. I thought I must have, must have had something, hold on something. Maybe I was attached. I can't remember. I was sitting on the end of the engineer's bench. I remember that. That's the only place there was square. And this is my, my first. I flew a couple of times in Lancaster. You flew? Fun? You went you, you went up a couple of times in the. A couple of times in Lancaster, yeah. probably. Yes. Something to do with my time off. So it's, it's nice. 
Uh, so what was the what was the what, they were going to find a permanent position for you? Right, yeah, fine. So what do you want to do? So the first thing is that transport. Mm -hmm. I was I want to be in transport. Mm -hmm. I love that job. So what did they do? They made me a clerk. <laughs> so they made me a clerk. I thought well, that's not bad. At least I'm not going to be a pay clerk. Which is one thing I didn't want to be. Yeah, clerk general duties. So they. Um, so I, I thought, well, that's very nice. I'll go to a, a nice Air Force station. Mm -hmm. I'll be sitting in the guard room as the general, the clerk to these. But they didn't do that. They sent me to, to uh, the airport, the RAF headquarters, where all the headquarters in Gloucester, uh, just outside Gloucester. Yeah. Between Innsworth, RAF Innsworth, to be a, a clerk there was a very big clerical place. So yeah. Part of the air ministry. Yeah. And um, we had to, um, my job there was to allocate, we had to send people on various training mm -hmm. things all over the country. So you had to pick out people mm -hmm. and send them off to, we had to send out these things called signals, mm -hmm. which was like a, before they send out texts. Yeah, signals. A, a signal. signal. We used to go by by tele by teleprinter to the various we were trained to do that and send out texts. Different signals. AC one so and so has got to go somewhere to be uh -huh. trained as a, mm -hmm. an engineer. Yeah. Engineer. Yeah. So our job was to, to allocate jobs all I did quite well at that and I promoted it to corporal. So wow. Quite well that, and, and was so was this the position you were in when the war ended? Was, was this the position you were in when the war ended? That's right. Yes, i my best friend was working with me. Yeah, so I was friendly with him. And um, is this? Can I say his name? I think is his name. Is his name Ken? Ken Ken Jones. Ken Jones. Yeah, yeah. Well, yep. I was friendly for him for the next sixty odd years. Wow. Yeah, and we always in contact. We always corresponded. I even went up to visit him sometimes. Wow. Even long after I was mad, we went up together. And, and Auntie Tanya was telling me about a story about Ken Jones. I forget the story. Oh, the story is this. Yeah. Um, after we were, I, I was promoted to corporal. He was an LAC. LAC. He was, he was never promoted to corporal. And, and um, we, in the end, the Air Force decided. But as we've been in the Air Force all that time, and we hadn't done our courses yep. to be our flying crew, we were really due to become sergeants. So they promoted us all to sergeants. That's nice. So we're all promoted. As long as you'd, as long as you'd reached the rank of LAC or corporal, which I had, they promoted us sergeants, which is very nice being a sergeant, because you could had a special room to sleep in. That's nice. And you go to the sergeant's mess to eat, uh -huh. which was very good because you buy a nice glass of whiskey, a big one. Bigger than that. For a shilling. Yeah. Which was very good. And we were paid, and we were paid this princely sum of 50. As a corporal, I was paid seven and six a day. As a sergeant, I was paid 15 shillings a day. Wow. It's a, a big money. upgrade. A lot of money. Uh, and uh, on the day we were from, oh, my, yes, my... Frank Ken had a motorbike. Yeah. Which I used to sometimes 
go back to his family in Wolverhampton. He lived in Wolverhampton. Okay. To visit. Okay. I told you. One of my visits. We used to go back to his family in Wolverhampton to visit at weekends. <clears throat> I used to go to Stratford-on-Avon also quite frequently to see the to see the uh, Shakespeare Company. And, uh, well, one of his visits to, to Wolverhampton, where he lived, we used to go and watch the football matches. Football matches, those days, weren't what mm. they are now. First of all, there's no separation of... There was no separation of spectators. Yeah. It was very calm. There was no rowdiness. Ah. Very calm. Although they had big crowds, 40,000, 50,000. Yeah. Wow. And we used to stand. Yeah. There was, no as seats. far as I remember, there was no rowdiness. People would go with their families. And there was no no separation of no separation of spectators. Fans. Wow. Very similar in behavior to... Um, Tennis? My other favorite sport, which is American baseball. American baseball. Which is also a very friendly game, isn't it? You don't get, there's no, is it? Not so, these there days. are fights. Not there's, these days. There's fights. There's definitely still fights in American Do baseball. They? Yeah, they have fights for sure. There's, I mean, there's videos everywhere. There's people who, some people, they'll start fights in the train station. Sorry, I shouldn't use that word. In the train place. Oh, really? Where the trains go through. Oh, the well. railway station. Oh, well. In the man. railway station. Really? They'll have, uh, They'll have fight just because you're wearing a different jersey. Really? You're wearing a different jersey. Yeah, they'll really? start fights. Yeah, there's videos on the internet. Yeah, people well, are anyway, crazy. The, yeah. um, there were nothing. Whole family used to walk, you know, thousands of people walking over the match. I never saw a sign of any rowdiness. Strange thing was, I was sitting, standing with my friends, fly up somewhere, and they were, those days they had a very heavy ball, mm -hmm. a leather ball. Leather ball, yeah. Very heavy. And the, obviously the footballers pay, paid about 15 shillings a week. We <laughs> weren't back very much, or 15 pounds. And I said to my friend, I saw the ball being picked into the crowd. I said to my friend, Have you, has the ball ever come anywhere near you? And at that second, as I said it, the ball came and hit me <laughs> in the chest. <laughs> very unusual. That's beside, not very interesting. Uh, right, my Ken, Ken Jones. Who I was friendly with, I say, for the next 60 years, I was friendly. We corresponded yeah. with that. Where was I? Ken Jones. He, you visited oh, him on the yes. weekend. Yep. So we were promoted to sergeant. Yes. And we went into town. Yep. On his motorbike mm -hmm. into Gloucester. Yep. To celebrate. Nice. Yeah. As you would. And in those days, I could drink beer. I can't drink a beer. And somehow or other, I managed to get through seven or eight. Pints of beer. Seven or eight pints of beer. I don't know how. I don't know how you do that either. I don't know how. It's a big I, day. You're I a sergeant. Drink, I can't drink a half. Big day. I can't drink half a pint now. But I somehow, after the first pint, it just goes down. Yeah. You're, not, you're telling me. I know. You I'm know. Familiar. Well, I don't drink that much beer, but my brother, Harry, my brother. It can, do, it can happen. The, I don't know how it happens. It's a big day. You're a sergeant now. I'm a sergeant now. Yeah, you got to be able I'm to drink eight pints of beer. I'm, yeah. I'm earning 15. Yeah, you got to spend 15, that money on. Yeah, and 15 shillings a day. If you can't drink seven or eight pints, you get demoted back to corporal. Exactly. Happens, yeah. So I'm going back to. So it's an icy road, icy, middle of the winter. Mm -hmm. We get on this motorbike. <laughs> And we started, After uh, the pints of beer? After. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> I'm on the pillion. He's driving. I thought, we, 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 got, went, near the, we, we went, got near the camp. I said, Ken, 
I better walk in. I better not drive. Were you wearing a helmet? Well, what's a helmet? No helmet. <laughs> what's a helmet? No special clothing or leather jackets or anything You're like that. You're joking. What were you wearing? Do you remember what you were wearing? Yes, your, my uniform. Your uniform. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so I said, Ken, they might be uh, suspicious if we come in wobbly, two of us. You better go on your own. And I'll walk in. So we got off before we got to the cab. <laughs> that was uh, my experience. My other experience with Ken Jones. <clears throat> when, we when we were stationed somewhere else, on his birthday, yeah, maybe it was when we were there, and uh, his birthday, his father sent him a bottle of rum on his birthday. Yeah. And somehow, between us, we managed to finish this bottle of rum. Oh, no. And for the next 40 years... Four, zero, 40. 40 years, I never touched... 40 years. I never touched a drop of rum. Oh, my God. So you never drank rum for 40 years oh. after that... What was the event after 40 years that made you want to try rum again? I don't know. When I did, it was... I thought I couldn't go near it. Were I, you were you sick from that night? No, of, that night? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. <laughs> but you guys didn't drive any motorcycles that night? No, not Good. that. Good, I hope so. I hope so. No, hope we were Ken back Jones. in camp. We could drink it in camp. So... So, so that's kind of the that's really interesting. You did all these different jobs, and then the war was oh, over. Then, and then we we used to go home the weekends. And, yep. Uh, go back to um, go back home to Kent to Chatham, and go to London first, and then get the train back to Chatham. And there was a somebody a bit enterprising. One of yeah. the, one of the sergeants or one of the blokes was enterprising, and he hired a coach. Uh -huh. So we, for seven shillings, we could go back. Gloucester. That's pretty nice. To London by coach. That's nice. For the weekend. So so I'm going to back up a little bit, and this is maybe a, not as nice a fun question, but I'm just wondering, because we, uh, we know now what was happening, the Holocaust and the Hitler and with the yeah. Jews and the other minorities and stuff like that. But I'm wondering, when did you first hear about what Hitler kind of was doing to the Jews and the other That's minorities? That's interesting. Yeah. Because that came, I can't remember exactly when it came out. It yeah. certainly came out. Obviously, during soon after yeah. when, when they were advancing through through Germany, mm -hmm. but you didn't know during the war what was going on, right? In the camps, we didn't and know. Yeah. But somehow, I don't know how. Yeah, it was no surprise to me. Really, whatsoever. I was not. Obviously, I was horrible and horrified. Mm -hmm. but I wasn't shocked. Not shocked because that we somehow knew. I I don't know how, but yeah. I, I didn't. I wasn't surprised. Mm -hmm. I was not the least mm. surprised. When it happened, it happened. It, it was very strange, but I remember not, not being surprised. I don't know if you know that my, that your grandma was in Wheatstone, Stanmore, mm -hmm. and the lady there, God, her name, her name. Oh, isn't that terrible? I've forgotten her name. She was a survivor. Mm -hmm. She was. A, she was. A, she ran this week's so women's mm -hmm. women's Jewish group in Stanmore, mm -hmm. and she was a survivor of the Holocaust. Yeah, and she was in Belsen. Yep. And the rabbi from Hendon, 
Mm-hmm. Um, Rabbi's man is terrible, his names. It's okay. <laughs> no worries about the names. He was one of the first ones into Belson. Mm-hmm. And he was shocked, obviously. And she was there. She was about 18 at the time. And one of the sergeants met her and fell in love with her. And they married. Wow. In Belson. Uh-huh. God. She's a famous lady. Famous. They married in Belston. She uh, and they made her a wedding dress out of a parachute silk. Uh, and she survived until the nineties. She only died a couple of years ago. She, oh, isn't it terrible? She was a famous lady. Oh, oh it's okay. Don't worry. Was ruthful. So when? So when did you? When did you first find out then? What, what like what was happening with like Hitler and at that time? At that time is when you found out. When, yeah. Did they? Was it a new? Was it in, on the news? Oh, of course it yeah. was on yeah. the newsreel. We didn't have television in yeah. those days, but the radio, cinemas, cinemas had cinemas had news. Yep. Had news. You know about cinemas. Mm-hmm. Programs you know about cinemas? No, like like te- like theater, movie theaters and stuff. Bon? Like movie theaters. Movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> In those days, before the war and after the war, so there were no, con- there were no continuous programs like cinemas mm-hmm. now. Yeah, you, you you had a session. An afternoon session, an evening session, mm-hmm. and a later and a later session, and each each one. And there was always a a B movie, as mm-hmm. a B movie, and a, the, the leading feature, and there were newsreels and cartoons. The mm-hmm. whole thing went through. Sometimes even an organ played. Oh, fancy! So. Um, so the newsreels were the way, only way you could only way you could find out to find to see what was going on. Yeah, was either in the newspapers or on the, te- the radio, or newsreels in the theatre. So that was on the. That's newsreel. the only way to find out. So, that makes sense. Yeah. And that's how I didn't. For me, interesting. A question I had is: When did you get? Do you remember like seeing seeing the first TV or like when you got your first TV? Do you remember that? I can tell you about the first TV. I think it must have been. Was it just before the war? I think it must have been just before the war. We had the. My parents had the shop. Mm-hmm. In Chatham. Yep. And across the road. Was, Jane F. Stone the radio shop? Okay. They had all the shops. All the, the whole area was, the whole they had shops in every town. And we were friendly with the, with the one of the directors of the this firm of radio shops, mm-hmm. Barney Kaufman, and we used to go and when he came to Chatham to supervise the sh- shop, he used to um, he used to come and see us, and we mm-hmm. were friendly with the manager of the shop, and one day he invited us over to see the television, and this enormous, we had to go to a room, right at the back, mm-hmm. darkened room, this mm-hmm. enormous. Television set with a tiny screen about that big <laughs> <laughs> in a darkened room. How I big think, was it? 
Well, how big was this? The, well, the set, the TV the set, set was size of a cabinet. It was a like cabinet. A fridge? It, was, it was standing on the floor. A big um, wow. Uh, what, what size? Like a desk. Uh, a desk. You know, or, That's crazy. Uh, big and a, tiny screen. Tiny, tiny screen on the top, and I think we saw the either was a. The cup final or the boat race. I can't remember the first. First thing you saw the first on TV. Time the boat race right. was um, televised mm -hmm. on this. On this time, that's the first time I saw television. What do you think of it? Not much. Not much. <laughs> In fact, uh, when we were first married, yeah, I didn't want a television. Really? I just didn't want one. Why? We, well, we didn't have one. I, I didn't fancy it at all. But. Um, we didn't, we didn't fancy a television, but my mother insisted. insisted. And when, before your dad was born, mm -hmm. she insisted on buying us one. That was the first time. So you got a TV. Pardon? So you got a TV at that yeah. point. Yeah. Because when I watched The Coronation, it was in, when was that, 53? I have no idea. 53. Yeah, 53, okay. Well, I, watched, I watched it in my mother's house. With a friend, uh huh, uh, and um, and you had the TV. Uh, yeah, she had a TV. So, yeah. so as we're getting we're gonna go broader now, a little yeah, bit broader. So, so TV didn't you don't think had a big impact on you? What do you think was the biggest change? What what invention do you think had the biggest change on the world in your opinion? Like during your lifetime? In my life? Yeah, in your life. What do you think was the biggest invention for the world? Like that changed society? Well, electronics, I suppose. Electronics. I suppose that's yeah. changed. That's changed everybody's yeah. lives, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it hasn't changed your life because no. you always live with it. <laughs> it's changing a little bit, but yeah, it's I grew up with it. Yeah. You grew up with it. Yeah. Well, of course it is. It's 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 changed everybody's life. Yeah. I mean, no question about it. Yeah. What's your what's what's your favorite invention? What's what's your thing that you like? Oh, I love computers. You computers. Know I love, you know I love computers. I like computers too. I like uh, computers too. Uh, I think those and, are cool. And, um, uh, yes, I think it's, it's, it's and obviously, obviously, what was it called? Mobile phone. Huh? Mobile phone. I think that's definitely pretty big. So let's go. So I want to go now to grandma. I want to talk about grandma right. a little bit. Um, how did you, how did you meet grandma? Do you want the whole story? Yeah. Give me the whole story. We got time. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, when we first came to London. Yeah. We moved out from Kent. Yep. And the first the first weekend. How old were you? I was out of the Air Force. Yeah. 1950. How old was I? 48. How old was I? 48? 24. 24. The first weekend we moved in. My father bought this house in Golden Green and uh, their parents wanted us to move to London to be with Jewish people. Yep. And um, the first weekend, a young man and a young girl, woman, I suppose, a young man was Dennis Harris and the other girl was Mildred Conway. Mm -hmm. Came to the house, said, we've heard you've moved into the district. We are members of the Young Zionists. Would you like to join? So Beryl, my sister Beryl, my sister Beryl and I said, okay, we'll join. And we joined the uh, Federation, the FZY, the mm -hmm. Federation of Zionist Youth, mm -hmm. which from then on became our life. Most of our friends were in it. Mm -hmm. We've all, all our lifelong friends were in mm -hmm. it. 
and uh, most of us married from from people that were mm-hmm. in. And um, your grandma was one of the ones who she was in it. Mm. And um, well, I knew her. She didn't come very often in those days. Um, and even that day, so I, I quite fancied her, but mm-hmm. I didn't stand it. Didn't think I stood a chance. And um, I took her out once. Yeah. Did you ask? Was it scary to ask her out? Did you? I did actually ask her out. Yeah. And we went to see, uh, we went to Covent Garden and we saw an opera called Voltsek. Voltsek. It was the first time it was being broadcast here. And um, that was our only date. And I don't know why. And she met somebody else, as you know, mm-hmm. and they became engaged. Mm-hmm. And were you sad when that happened? I had one or two other girlfriends. Oh, very nice. Oh, okay. Okay, Grandpa. <laughs> one or two other girlfriends. <laughs> did you, did you, so you had one or two girlfriends otherwise. Did you, but did you think in the back of your head, I kind of like Grandma more? Or or no? You're just like, uh, maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Who knows? Maybe she was there yeah. in the background. Yeah. But she had this other boyfriend yeah. uh, to whom she eventually became engaged. Yeah. And she's going to get married. Yeah. And I met my life and, uh, you know, various other girlfriends. And yes. Never, you know, didn't, um, um, presumably some of the things now that we did would be, uh, would not, wouldn't be, fr- wouldn't be, um, would be frowned upon? Would be, um, not exactly, we didn't do anything horrible, yeah. anything nasty or anything like that, but uh, things were free, yeah. so we say, Things were a bit easier in those days. Yeah. Nothing really serious, but... Yeah. Uh, anyway, mostly friends from SFY. And then, as you know, your grandma got... Your grandma's fiancé went away. He was, he was in the Territorial Army. I think he was an officer. Uh-huh. And he went away for training for one weekend. Yeah. And she was relieved. She realised she didn't really love him. Wow. She, she liked him, uh-huh. but she didn't like him. He didn't behave nicely, particularly didn't behave nicely to your grandparents. Uh-huh. Your great-grandparents. Yeah, great-grandparents. Great-parents, yeah. especially your, your great-grandmother. Yeah. They're lovely people. Yeah. And she realised she didn't like him. And the wedding was planned. Yeah. And um, she said, well, I don't think I'm going to go through with it. And She, she said went, that to you? Pardon? She said that to you? Not to me. Okay. To yeah. her parents. Yeah, uh-huh. This is before we got together. Yeah. She said to our grandparents, yeah. she said, um, I don't think, I don't, I'm not sure about my wedding. I don't think I'm going to go through yeah. with it. The wedding was planned. Yeah. And she said to Grandma, "Yeah, Grandma, great yes, Grandma, great Grandma, yeah. your great Grandma, yeah. Lily." Yeah. She said, oh, "I think I'm going to pack up with him." And she said, "Are you sure? Go with his old plan." And she went to her. She then she went to her to her Grandma, to her father, yeah. your great grandfather. Yeah, my great grandfather. And she yeah. said to him. 
I think I'm going to lock it. And she said, he said, if you'd have said that on your way to the wedding, I would have said, okay. <laughs> so that was it. They yeah. were off. Yeah. So that was over. That was over. That was over. So did she break the news to him when he came back? I presume so. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. And her mother, I think you've heard the story yeah. many times over. I like hearing it though. Say it, say it, yeah. His mother said to her, how can you leave him? You know, you, you can't leave him now. You're yeah. engaged. She said to him, well, so, so Grandma said to him, but he's not, doesn't behave very nicely to him. I don't really I like him. She said, so the grandma said, and his grandma was the his mother was lovely. Yeah. And his sister was lovely. Yeah. And she said to her, she said to grandma, how can you leave him now? She said, well, I don't like him anymore. She said, well, that just doesn't matter. She said, you'll get to love him. She said, you'll his father, yeah. I got to, I didn't like his father either. He once <laughs> threw a plate of fruit at me. He said, but you what? get to like him. He, <laughs> blew, he threw a plate of fruit? At, <laughs> at, at grandma? No, not at grandma. Oh. <laughs> at, at her fiance's oh, mother. Oh, wow. She said, well, I got to love him. I stood him. I stood him all these years. Jeez. So, thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. So then she rejoined and yeah. said, why? Right. And we used to have meetings there. Yeah. In the West End. Yeah. And I used to drive to the meetings, usually. Yeah. In my father's car. But for some reason, my sister, Beryl, Mm -hmm. had the car that Thursday evening. Okay. We were going to the West End to meet. So I went down on the train. Yeah. So I went to the station, Goldsbury Station. I got on the train, and who is sitting opposite to me? But your grandma. Yeah. And um, she noticed that I was looking at her hand. Mm -hmm. She took her gloves off, and I could see she wasn't wearing wedding ring, her engagement Mm -hmm. ring. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And that's it. That was it. Did you say, okay, let's go out? <laughs> yeah. How was it? Yeah. And then that, that was it. That was it. That's how we met. That's amazing. And then on. And then on. It's forever, yeah. That was it. And I think she had other boyfriends at the time. While she was seeing you at the same time? Oh, yeah, I think so. Did you have other girlfriends or no? No. No. <laughs> no she, I never had a regular girlfriend. Yeah. She And she was seeing somebody else at the time at... Um, did Somehow you, she found I don't know why. Did you try and do very I think really she liked me because of the contrast to her previous work. Because you're nice. <laughs> yeah. I think there may be other reasons too. Uh, I think there might be other reasons she liked. Did you ever did, did you try to do really romantic things and stuff like that mm. to win not really? No, it wasn't my scene. No, no, not really. No it flowers was, or chocolates. It or, wasn't really my scene. No, that's not your stuff. That's not my scene. <laughs> you know it's you know when I proposed to her, I don't know where I proposed no, to her. I no, I don't. You remember that? No, I, I didn't hear about she it. She must have told you about my, Probably a million my times. romantic yeah. proposal. Go ahead, yes. Yeah. I, I have a feeling it's not romantic. Go on. Well, one day we went to my cousin Bueller's wedding, my yeah. cousin Bueller's yeah. wedding, together. And we were, we were what are they call these days, they call Couple? them. 
Boyfriend, girlfriend? No, there's another thing they call it. What do they call it? Going steady? No, there's no word. Engaged? No. She's not a company. A, a, a something. Significant other? No. There's mm. another thing they call it. Well, it doesn't matter. We were, we were together. Yeah. Okay. So after my cousin Bueller went up to me during the wedding and said, what about it? <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> so, so we went home to your yeah. grandma's house. Yeah. And in the kitchen, I made the most romantic proposal yes, tell anybody me. ever heard. Yes. I said to her, to your grandma, I said, could you stand the name of Gogol for the rest of your life? <laughs> What'd she say? She said yes. Yeah, she said yes. Did you have a ring at the time? What? Did you even have a ring? No. You didn't have a ring? I didn't have a ring. Did you go get one the next day? Yeah, well, not the next day. Yeah. I went my mom got a ring. Did she my, call? Did she tell? Did you tell everyone? Did she oh, call her family? Yeah, somebody yeah. said to her, somebody said to, to me once, during the time before we had the ring, said, when are you going to get engaged? And I remember saying, we yeah. are engaged. Because <laughs> we were engaged. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was it. Yeah, that as was it. As far as I was concerned, yeah. ring wasn't important. The yeah. important thing was we were engaged. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And we were. Yeah, yeah you were. Well, that was, that was a romantic. Very romantic. The most romantic engagement ever. Right. So that's it. That was our, that was our engagement. And... That's so funny. Did she talk? Did she? Did she make fun of you for that engagement later, or was she? She always, she always repeated the story. Yeah, I think I have heard it. Yeah. I I've heard it. I think I've definitely heard it. Do you? Do you remember falling in love with Grandma? Oh, always, 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 yeah. always, always, forever and all. Yeah. I was That's surprised she took me. Actually, very surprised. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's it's amazing. I thought so lucky I was to have her. You know. Yeah. I mean? I remember going on our first on our honeymoon trip and going on to the arm in arm to the air place, I thought. Uh-huh. You know. Honey, where'd you go on your honeymoon? You know, Grandma hated flying. Yes. For the 10. She had flown many years before with a friend and she hated it. We went to, um, we flew to Rome. Mm-hmm. And then we talked, and I was so happy going on the plane with her. I still remember it. Yeah. We went to Rome, and um, we took the train down to Sorrento, and we had our first, our honeymoon in Sorrento. And then the, we stayed there for a week, I think. And then we went on the night train, to went back to Rome and took the night train to to Venice, we mm -hmm. spent the rest of our honeymoon there in Venice, and uh, we met some friends there who were also friends I knew from FZY. Mm -hmm. They were staying at the fancy hotel on yeah. Lido called the, I don't know what it's called, not the, not the really fancy hotel where the uh, where the film stars all stayed, the Excelsior. Oh, the Excelsior. Well, the second stage, right? The second, second fancy hotel. Second, well, yeah, that's good enough, I think. Oh, the second, we were staying there. Yeah. We were saying, let's pass the hotel round, round the corner. But, yeah. we, but we met these friends and uh, they let us use the beach of the second Francie Hotel. And sounds we pretty friends. good to me. Pardon? It sounds good to me. Yeah. So, so we, were, we were friends with them for years and years yeah. after. We went to stay with them, they went to stay with us. Uh, and uh, uh. Do you think 
Becker, the Becker, so we're called. The Lyle, Beckers. Lyle and, Lyle and, Dor- and uh, Doreen Becker, and they, uh, eventually, they were eventually divorced. Uh, uh, they were friends of yours later. What, what, do you, what do you think, like, one of the... Because Grandma, amazing. I love... I, I I'm, so, I'm always so lucky. I have the best grandparents in the world. I really do have the oh. best grandparents in the world. What do you think is one thing that she taught you? Pardon? What do you think one thing's grandma taught you? Taught. Taught. What do you what do you think you learned from her or, or life stuff from grandma? Well she always she always said I only married her because she was so clever. <laughs> Because <laughs> she was brilliant at school. Yeah. You know, I wasn't much good at school. She was brilliant at yeah. school. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 she told me about it. So that's the only reason I'm laughing. <laughs> that's crazy. That's so funny. No, but she was, I suppose, one of, the things, one of the most important things I learned from was to play bridge. Yeah. Because she was keen. Uh-huh. We'd been playing and we played, but in a very modest sort of way. Yeah. Mainly my cousin, my late cousin Beulah. Yeah. And what we did with Beulah mainly was talk or she would bake a cake in the middle until we didn't play a very <laughs> serious game. And she said, I'm going to take it up seriously. I'm going to, I'm going to go to uh, evening school to take it. Wow. And um, to, tra- to play bridge. To learn bridge, to yeah. learn bridge. I said, you don't need to bother. You can bring it all out from a book. But she went. And she learned so much that then the next year I, I came with her and we had a wonderful teacher called, oh, whatever his name was. And we used to go to evening classes yeah. to play bridge. And for all, I was, I was hooked with the game. You know, we were both hooked. How many hands of bridge do you think you've played? Oh, thousands. <laughs> thousands. thousands. I mean, if you remember, if you play an average of um, 24. Yeah. Uh, rounds of pains of bridge, 44 deals yep. in an evening. Mm-hmm. And we would play four four times a week. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. For 50-odd years. <laughs> <laughs> Work it out. That's you're, a lot. 40 <laughs> times 50. That's, yeah, it's, 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 you're in the high thousands. You're getting well, to the high work thousands. Well, it out. I mean, 24, 50, 50. So if you said 40 hands, 50 years, wait. Well, we're, we're, we're in a week we would play... Say five five times twenty four. Say say a hundred. A hundred hands a week. Hundred hands a week. Then fifty weeks. So that's five thousand a year. Five thousand a year. Fifty years. Oh God. What's what's fifty times five thousand? Two hundred fifty thousand. Quarter million hands. Probably. Out, probably. Five if you probably a few more. You had a few more. I never done never worked. I never worked it out before. <laughs> that's crazy, isn't it? That's so many. Fifty odd years we played. More than fifty. Yeah. Years. That's so many hands. Oh, no, maybe 50 years. 50 yeah. years? Yeah, 50 years. What do you, so that, that was a good, Rome was a good, vac- the good honeymoon. What Rome you, was lovely. Rome was lovely. What do you think the best vacation you ever went on was? If you had to pick the one. The best vacation I've ever had? Yeah. Unquestionably, Egypt. Egypt? Egypt. What was in Egypt? We went on a, on a, um, Steamer uh-huh. uh, down the Thames, down the Thames. The Thames, yeah. Up, yeah. The uh, Nile from yeah, the Nile, yeah. 
from um, where is where is yeah below <laughs> below Egypt down Egypt yeah go ahead down going south but yeah up, it's, yeah up yeah. the river yeah and you go in this 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 um this boat this uh, steamer I don't know what they call them uh, craft yeah boat something. river boat whatever. river boat yeah and the the uh, the captain was really the entertainment manager. Oh, really? Captain and entertainment. He didn't drive. He had nothing to do with driving the ship. The ship was driven by an old boy who used to sit in the front. Yeah. And he lived there with his with his had his bed there and his crew there, and he would navigate this boat, this ship. All went up the Thames, up the up the Nile, up yes, up the Nile, yeah. No charts, nothing, day and night. By his knowledge of the could wow, he knew exactly every bend, every sand blank, and he sat had his bed there, and he he didn't always he wasn't always steering all day long, yeah. but whenever he was called on, he was there. To, he was the actual captain of the ship. But, uh, but, uh, so so why was it so good, so great? So interesting. Yeah. First of all, the ship. Yeah, yeah. Because it was like going, it was like going back 3,000 years. Really? Because you could see the, uh, on the sides there were palm trees and the uh -huh. farms mm -hmm. and the men with the camels farming. Wow. And there were all the temples. Yeah. Which all the different temples going down all the way. And you could see it and you had, um, you visit all these temples, and we see about ancient Egypt. Yeah, and then we went to the, to the then we went to the to, to the tombs, the tombs of the pharaohs, yeah. Tutankhamun's tomb, Nefertiti's wow. tomb, and uh, uh, it, and then, and and your artist Shirley had um, uh, how old how. Pardon? How old were you on when you were on, went on this trip? Oh, it must have been. It must have been twenty years ago. Twenty years ago, I like seventies. I suppose so. Yeah, that's great. That's amazing. Oh, maybe the seventies. I don't know about then. And then, I, then we went on the um, down all the tombs, and there was a new tomb that had just been opened. One of the queens uh -huh. we went in there. And we saw the tomb of Tutankhamun, of course, and then, it was. And then, um, then afterwards. Uh, uh, we saw the little islands and the sailing boats. It was really wonderful. And then we went back to Cairo and spent a few days in Cairo. Mm -hmm. We went out to the pyramids. Most horrid. We were taken to Cairo from Cairo to Giza, where the where the pyramids and the Sphinx was, but in a minibus. It was mm -hmm. the most horrifying ride I've ever had in my life. Talk, <laughs> about, talk about the war. This is worse. <laughs> Being on the minibus is worse than the war. Oh, worse than the war. This driver was, um, of course, in Cairo, in Cairo, the traffic was appalling. Yeah. It probably still is. There, there's their traffic lights there, three colours, red, yellow, and green. Uh, yeah. And the sky told us they all had the same meaning. They all went, go. It didn't make any difference. They all went, go in Cairo. <laughs> so this driver... Driving to the Giza to the he he just didn't never stop. He, he had his foot down on the accelerator the whole time. Two lane highways, three lane highways made no difference. 
going scary. to villages who are uh, cattle, not cattle, chickens and and stalls. Yeah, straight through the middle, straight through like wow. horrible, absolutely. That horrible. sounds like a great trip. Oh, wonderful. Anyway, we got to the um, we got to the pyramids, which yeah. is wonderful. And yeah, the, and the Sphinx. Yeah, and we went to the pyramids, and somebody said. Especially your Auntie Shirley. Yeah. Said, said, we go inside. I said, I don't want to go inside. So she said, you must go inside. I said, I don't particularly want to. Said, well, you must go. So, all right, we'll so, go. So you went inside. I thought, I'm claustrophobic. Yeah. I can't go inside. The mummies too. The mummies. No, the mummies, nothing to do with it. No mummies. No mummies. So I said, we'll go inside. So the guide says, okay, we'll take you in. So we go up the steps to the entrance. Yep. The auntie Shirley's in the front. We get inside. Well, there's four of us here, yep. auntie Shirley and, and Uncle Stanley. Yeah. And my yep. grandma. I mean. Yeah. Maybe, and I think the... Uh, the guy. The marks are with us as well. Jeff okay. and Buddy Marks. Okay. So we're inside. We go about 20 yards inside. And Shirley's like, I can't stand it. She said, I'm going out. I can't stand it. It's horrible. <laughs> she, she couldn't stand it. She was so claustrophobic. Really? She ran out of that. And we carried on. <laughs> Did you stay or did you leave? I stayed on. We went right up. Wow. Side. Went up to the middle of the stair, the narrow yeah. stair. And I wasn't the least claustrophobic. <laughs> That's so funny. Very, very funny. She was the dead key run. She ran away. She, That's she, cool that you ran a pyramid. <laughs> That's really cool. Went right up to the middle, to this burial chamber, right in the middle. Oh, that's crazy. It's the things have changed. It's funny Pardon? how things it's funny how things have changed. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't, what, you can't? I don't think you can you definitely can't climb them. I, well, you couldn't climb yeah. them. But I, I, I don't know if you can go in. You probably can. Oh, actually. I think you still. I think you can go in. So, so after the war, because the war is a, a pretty big experience. What do you think, to you? What do you think after the war was your most shocking experience? Was there ever a shocking experience? Like, for example, what to, what kind of took you back? Because I know there was... Always the Holocaust. Holocaust, Obviously. finding out. Yeah, yeah. 9-11. Um, 9-11. Yeah, those are the big ones. Those are the ones I would think of, too. Yeah, 9-11. Uh, what else? I don't know. I don't know. No, those, those, those are exactly what I would think. Those are the things. Oh, so now I have, I have some questions yeah, from the family they've sent me. These are the big... These are like the life lessons, kind of the, the questions thing. Actually, we'll do a fun. We'll do a fun one first, or maybe not a fun one. What? We'll do a fun question first. I think it's a fun question. So, if you could change one thing about society, within reason, of course, you can't make people flying or anything like that. Mm -hmm. If you could change one. Oh, thing. absolutely! I got it straight away. Okay, go ahead. I'd ban social social media. Social media. You'd ban all social media. I'd ban all social media. Facebook, Instagram. I wouldn't ban. Um, I wouldn't ban social, uh, you know, um, I wouldn't ban messages, what they call it. Messaging, messaging each messaging, other. Messaging, I wouldn't ban that. I ban all, Facebook. any social media which is, goes to the masses, I would ban. Why? 
That is the worst thing that has ever happened to the world. You think it's the worst thing? By far. Really? Far worse than COVID. Worse than COVID? Oh, yes. Social media. It's done more damage. You think it's done more damage? Much more. What, what damage has it done? What do you, what do you think well, of that? When it first started off, yeah. I think it was called Friends United. Yeah. People used to meet old friends. It led to divorces. Yeah. It led to all sorts of things. Now, of course, it's led to much more horrific things. Yeah. It's ruining, ruining children's lives. Uh-huh. It's killing people. It's killing people. It's, it's because they have suicide, yeah. self-harm, rape. Yeah. It's uh, horrors, horrors. Yeah. It's the horrible, it's the, it's the horror. It's worse than plague, it's worse than COVID, it's more, I think it's worse than war. Wow. I really do. Wow. I'm not reading this, I'm not joking. I, hear, you, I tell you, you mean it. I, I'm not joking. I would ban it all. Yeah, ban it all. Ban it absolutely all. Do you not think there are any benefits to it? Oh yes, of course yeah. there are benefits. Yeah. Many benefits, yeah. but they vastly, vastly You think it's outweighed, the outweighed. negatives outweigh the benefits? Because of the mass, mass communication. Yeah. That I definitely ban, honestly. You'd ban that? Absolutely, I would. I would That's I the would change. Pardon? That's the change. No, that, that I get that. That is the most Yeah. I, so what I, I think, personally, I think it, it, it does do bad things for sure. What? I think it definitely does bad things. There are bad things that it does. But I think they're... I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a. But don't you think the bad things vastly outweigh the good? Well, thing? I don't know. I'm not sure that the bad things have a direct cause and effect relationship from social media. Do you know what I mean? I'm not. I think there's an association, and some things are caused from social. Very bad things are caused from social media. But not maybe, but 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 apart from the bad things, apart from the really horrible things. Yeah. Like rape and yeah, incest yeah. and self-harm and yeah. suicide. Yeah. They're the very bad things. Yeah. And they're not unusual. They're usual. Yeah. They're happening all the time. Yeah. But apart from the very bad things, there's a ruination of children's lives. They spend their lives in front of this bloody thing, yeah. looking at it all yeah. day long. I hear you. I see what you mean. That's it. Is it? But, yeah, I hear you. Well, I, so, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, I, I can't understand yeah. why it is allowed. Honestly, I can't. Yeah. I can't understand. I would immediately stop it all. Yeah. There's, there's, there's definitely damage to it. Well, and the, the quite, the quite, there's the, more than damage. You think it's a risk? It's ruining a the, generation. Yeah. It's ruining a generation. What, what, but you don't think, you think there's a lot of differences of that from like, this is the classic argument that people make, well, right? Newspapers. Newspapers. What about newspapers? Well, people used to look at newspapers all the time and so they're constantly what? with them. You don't think they're, they kind of... Oh, of course they do a lot of harm. Yeah. But now there's margin. Well, thousands of people don't sit together and read the same newspaper. Yeah, okay. I see Okay. Yeah. At the same time as saying, uh-huh. oh, I'm going to do that. Oh, that man's, that man's been off k- killing people. I think we'll go and do that as well. Why not? They don't do that. Yeah. No, they I know what you're saying. They're not saying, oh, they don't read a newspaper and say... This man has been raping children. Oh well, we're just going to do it. You know, they don't do yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's maybe, but that's that's a tough connection because to, people used to think, right? People used to say violent video games. When you see people playing violent video games, you're more apt to do violence. 
right? But no, the, but think. yeah, that's exactly right, right? There's there's, there's I don't think so. I agree, and there's studies that show this. I told you, been studies on it. Yeah, yeah, that show that show that this doesn't happen. Yeah, right. So that no. it's yeah, it's a so no. that's the change. That's the grandpa change. That is my one. Taking all I would the do that. Media. Nothing else. Nothing else. It's worse than plague. It's worse yes. than illness. Well, not worse than cancer, obviously. Yeah. But if I could, how oh, cancer gets is worse. I can't do. I can't. I can't stop cancer. Yeah. But I could stop video. Yeah. I could stop into social media. So, so I think you've you've um, done really great things in your life. You've done amazing things. Do you have any regrets in the past ninety-seven? Can we say ninety-seven years yet? Yes. Say ninety-seven. I regret I didn't become an engineer. I'd love to have been an engineer. Yeah. I really spent all my life in. In the smutter business, yeah, smutter, which I never liked. Yeah, I didn't mind the buying. Buying's yeah. lovely. You meet yeah. nice people. Yeah, you meet nice people when you're buying. You become friends with them. You travel, but selling customers, if I may say so. Do you mind me being sexist? You can once? say anything you, you want. Do you mind me being sexist once in a while? Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's within re- yeah. Say it. Women customers don't <laughs> ever deal with. Them. <laughs> Don't yeah. deal with women. <laughs> well, I think it the trend is sometimes women are more into like of course this is a vast generalization, but I think the trend in society is sometimes that usually women are more into clothes and stuff like that, right? In yeah. a certain way. So maybe that's why. Um okay. So that's where so engineering I think engineering would be cool. I'd love to be an yeah. engineer. Yeah. Mechanical engineer. Mechanical engineer. That's what ha- yeah, my brother does that too, which yeah. is cool. So what do you think the greatest lesson you've learned from your children is? Oh, dear. No. <laughs> I'm giving you the tough ones now. It gets hard. It's just going to get harder. Oh, no. We're nearing the end here, so i got to give you the toughest ones. Oh, I can't think. Or a lesson. Or something. For my children. Or did they ever do something that made you think, oh, maybe I should change the way I do these oh, things? Yeah. Just be proud of them. I'm yeah. so proud of my children. I think they're fantastic. I don't think I'm the luckiest father in the world to have children, <laughs> grandchildren like I've got. But yeah, what do I learn from them? Well, they're all so different. They're I mean, very they're, different. They're so different mm-hmm. in their different ways. I mean, yeah. you know, you know, your dad's very athletic. But come and I can talk a lot to him. Simon... It's phlegmatic. He, he, you say something to Simon, it's done <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Lawrence, my man for Lawrence, Lawrence is very clearing. He will do anything for anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always been like that. Yeah. Tanya, she's marvellous to me. She looks after us. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. what can I say then? They're different. They are They're very different. different. Yeah. They're so different. They're so different. Sounds like one thing from, one thing is you can't, you, one thing I have learned from, as you can't make favorites. Yeah. So they're all so different in yeah. ways. There is no real favorite child, is there? Uh, it can't be. It can't be. Because you've loved one, each one for different things. Yeah. For everything, you know. But, but there can be a favorite grandchild, right? You can say. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah of course. Of course. Oh, great. You know, you know. Acceptable. Yeah. You know it's my favorite yes, thank you. Yes. We're, that's official now. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Of course. We can say that. We can say that. How about from your, your mom and dad? Any lessons? like a big lesson from your mom and dad or something that they would tell you all the time? Well, my dad was very generous, yeah. very charitable, very, very charitable. Mm-hmm. He, he would 
he would do he would do things for people. He would for the youth, you know, he he, he would do he would work in the community, a lot of work. He was a he was he was, he was the uh, member of the deputies for our school. My mum, I suppose, I learned love. She loved people. Mm-hmm. She loved people. You know, she, to love people. To, uh, what else? To love family. Uh, to work hard, I suppose. Uh, I don't know. So, so, no, those are good. I can't think of it. Really, no, that's because d- dad always tells me, he's one of the people who actually tells me this the most. And I guess he, he definitely got it from you and grandma, right? Mom? Dad tells me, teaches me things like, he always like, be a man, like be a mensch, be a good person yes, to other people right. for no reason yeah. other than being yeah. good to these people. And he used to always tell me kind of well, certain, when I do certain things as a kid, he used to say, you know, I'd say, why do I want to do this? I don't want to do this. And you say, listen, you do it because it's a good thing to do because yeah. you're being nice to people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's definitely something he learned yeah. from you guys. Um, Very difficult to answer these philosophy questions. Oh, they're tough. They're the hardest questions here. They're the, here. Hardest, questions they're the hardest questions here. And they're just going to get... Ask Roger Tanner. She's a philosopher. <laughs> a great <laughs> philosopher, too. A really good philosopher. Another tough one. Ready? Here we go. So, as a father and a husband, I think you've created and done well to have kind of an amazingly successful and family that's done well. What would you say kind of are one or two lessons or one or three things you can say for people to do to kind of go towards this success? Because uh, your four kids have all done very well. Yeah, well, obviously. Very well. Obviously, you've got to concentrate on their education. Yeah. We made... Look, I won't say sacrifices because they're not real sacrifices. Yeah, yeah. I mean, real sacrifices. Yeah. It's a real sacrifice. Yeah. yeah, But we were careful. Yeah. We were careful. We didn't yeah. go on expensive holidays. Yeah. We wanted, we wanted to pay for our children's yeah. education. Education was first. Education is important. So important, yeah. Yeah. I think. And behave well. Yeah. You know, behave well to your friends and neighbours, I yeah. suppose. So. Yes, and... Um, I don't know. No, those are those are important things. Yeah, and I think it's. Fun. I can't say sport because yeah. one of the worst sportsmen in the world was me. No, you're pretty. I, 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 we played croquet a couple. You're not bad at croquet. I remember uh, playing that. That was pretty yeah. good. I mean, I'm terrible, terrible at sport. I couldn't play cricket. I mean, highest number, the highest number of runs I ever got was five. <laughs> I know nothing about cricket. That sounds good to me. That's like that's like in baseball, American My, baseball. If you get five home runs, that's insane. <laughs> That's crazy. If you well, that's five, a, five runs is not five home runs. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. Five runs is not. Even 50 isn't too fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I've got such athletic children and grandchildren. I have no idea. Nothing from your grandma, not from, certainly not from me. <laughs> I'm sure there's some part of it, maybe deep in your genes, deep in your DNA, that maybe didn't come out for you. <laughs> no, it, it, did. it never did. <laughs> but it may have came out for the rest. I could swim, that's about all I could ever do. Yeah. So I'm, a, I'm an awful swimmer. I'm awful. Oh, no, no, awful swimmer. Uh, I, was the, I was the third, well, I mean, compared to regular people, I'm probably a good swimmer. But I was on my swim team. I was the third worst swimmer on the swim team. <laughs> Definitely the third worst swimmer. And I did it for three years. I did it for three out of four years. I was oh, I was so bad, so bad. Uh, okay, ready? Tough, your, tough question again. Your uncle Lawrence is fantastic swimmer. He always was. Yeah, well, he doesn't swim a lot, but yeah. he's, he's 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 always a natural swimmer. 
Natural. His diving was natural. Yeah. He never learned to drive. He just dived. <laughs> just dive. Yeah. yeah, that's tough, though. Driven the highlights. Okay. So, Judaism. Here's yeah. a question. What do you think being Jewish means to you? Means being a part of the community. Part of the community. And nothing else. Nothing else. Absolutely nothing yeah. else. Absolutely nothing else. Part of the community. Because a question I had from my brother and and his wife Nico is they they're raising their kids as Jewish. Yes. And they're just Why not? What? Why not? No, yeah, it's great. I agree. I think it's great. Um but they're just wondering how do you instill kind of like what should you how do you instill this religion in your kids? I guess is the question. How do you instill what? The religion in your kids, the community, what is what like what are what do you tell your kids about Judaism? About being a Jew, I guess. And and cuz it's it's be- better now, thankfully, than it was during the Holocaust. I mean, that was, I think, the low point. Mm. But um, it's a t- it's not a it's not an easy religion to follow. It's right? not. I've, it's I've, not. I've, exper- I've experienced not badly, but I have yeah. experienced a certain amount of anti-Semitism yeah. in my time. I mean, I've been one of the lucky ones. I yeah. hardly. I never had any Air Force. I can tell you. Yeah. Never ever. In the Air Force. Never in the Air Force. Never in never in Air Force. Never at school. Yeah. Never at school. But only, only, uh, only um, on the side somehow, but in, slyly. I mean, my father wanted to be a Freemason. Yeah. He never became. Because he was Jewish. He was a big member of the community. Yeah. He was a charitable man. Yeah. He was never made a Freemason. Not, I couldn't get article to, I couldn't get article to a, to an account, firm of accountants in Kent. Really? No. No. Hmm. So community, I think, is definitely the most important oh, part. Community, yeah. Community. That's what I would tell them. What do you think is the key? This is the, this is the, the question, right? It's not the meaning of life question. I think it's, I worded it a little bit differently. But what do you think, the, what do you think, what have you found that have been the greatest contributors to having a good life, a good ninety-seven years. If anyone's ever lucky enough to get to your ninety-seven, I know. Here we go. I think being interested in things. Yeah, I'm always interested in things. Yeah, being taking taking an interest in whatever you do, I, I, and. I've been lucky with my health, presumably. Mm-hmm. What else? Not, I can't say. I can't say. Being interested in people. I'm always interested in people. Yeah. I love listening to people talk. I like to hear people talk. You do? I love to hear people talk. It's really nice, actually. It's a really nice thing you do. Because a lot of people, they just talk to people and they think, what is the next thing I'm going to say? What is the next thing I'm going to say? And usually it's, what is the next thing I'm going to say about myself? But you're always interested in other people. I love to. It's be. great. Mm. Being interested in people, I suppose that helps. A lot. Yeah, it'll just be, and you're, but it's not fake from you either. You can tell it's a genuine interest that you have mm. in other people. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah. Two more questions. You ready for the final two? Oh, cool. Come on. Final two. Latin, the next one's a good one, and the last one's very open, so it's different. So the next one, what do you think your proudest moment in life was? Kids being born, marrying at marrying grandma aside. 
What do you mean? Proud. What made you feel the proudest? Like, ha uh, what? Uh, they can be trivial, can't they? They don't have to be serious. No, but... in anything. Sure. I'm very proud of my painting. Yeah? I'm very proud of my, my, my portraits. Yeah. I'm very proud of my portraits. I like your portraits too. I don't think I've been particularly good at most other things. I, my, I've never been particularly good at bridge, or I love the game. I'm, uh -huh. a, I'm only a very average player. So <laughs> I'm sure you're good. I'm, not, I'm sure you're I'm good. You've played really, a quarter of a million hands. I really am not that good. <laughs> <laughs> a quarter of a million. Yeah, I'm not that good. Honestly, I'm not that good. I know the game. I know a lot about it. I bet I'm you're not good. that good. I've a bad memory. I'm not, you don't a, have a I'm, bad not a, I'm not a natural player. I'm I, not a natural player. I, I bet you're good. I'm not. I really, honestly. I mean it. Yeah. I really mean it. I yeah. really do mean it. I'm good compared with some of the people I play with, but that's nothing to do with. But no, but uh, I'm proud of this. I suppose, I suppose my only real skill that I've a little bit better than other people at is my painting, or was. I'm not so sure. I think now. your painting's pretty good. That, um, you know, I think, I, think it's, I think it's slightly above the average, and that's being a bit... And scary. coming from you, that's, that, that's huge, because you never brag about anything. It's very no. hard to get you to brag about something. No, no. I you're aware that. of this. You just, you never... T so that's why I think you're... And I know. I mean, I don't know much about art, but I love your paintings, and they're hanging around the house for a reason. Mm -hmm. They're not bad. I mean, I mean, I know when I see a real painter, I think... Yeah. Why do I bother? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But compared with something, yeah. compared with other people's mammoths that I've yeah. paid with. I'm adding an extra question because I just thought of one. Why? That's okay. What What do you think are the biggest mistakes that people make in life? Big mistakes. God. Oh, I suppose thinking of themselves before thinking of other people. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's uh, a great answer. Huh? That's a great answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so easy to be selfish, right? Yeah. I think it's kind of the natural, right. it's well, the natural way. Strangely enough, you may not think so. I really do regard myself as, as a selfish person. <laughs> Definitely not. I really do. No. I really do. <laughs> Why? You're not selfish. Because I regard, this is a philosophical yes. answer, I don't think there's any such thing as altruism. You don't think there's any time. I actually agree with you. Yes. I agree with you. You do I, things because you want to do them yeah. because you think it's good. Yeah. You think you yeah, that's, good to I you. But here's what I think. I don't think that's bad. Pardon? I don't think that's bad. I don't think that's bad that you think that you feel good when you're doing it. I think... The, the most important is thing is the good thing you're doing. Yeah, that makes do. sense. You think I ought to do it? Yeah. But not because I'm altruistic. Not because I, think I have to do it. I, yeah. don't think, I don't do it because I think I have yeah. to do it. Be I, don't think I don't think there's something inside me that says yeah. you have to do this no. good thing. But it's you feel good. Yeah. And it's like, a, I think that's okay. And I agree with you. I don't think, I don't, I don't know if altruism exists. Pardon? Yeah, I agree. I don't know if altruism exists. No. I don't think there is such a thing. Yeah. You only do things to your own satisfaction. Yeah. But if your, own, if your own satisfaction happens to be a good thing, yeah. that's good. Yeah. And 
And I'm just I'm just throwing in questions here because I keep popping in my head. And you think Harry Potter movies are silly, or do you think they're good? I think they're absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> the ridiculous. <laughs> it's what oh. It's amazing. It's another world. It's a magical world. But it's, They're flying. I don't believe they cast spell, They make feathers fly in the air. But Zach, if you can fly in the air, why should you be better at flying in the air than somebody else is flying? Because you're a more skilled wizard. Excuse me. <laughs> if you can bend a stick in half by looking at it, yeah. That's as good as anything. Then you can do anything in the but, world. But 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 the other per, the I can bend I can bend a stick in half. But the master magician can bend a building in half with his mind. What? So I can bend a stick. No, the point is, if there's such a thing, if there is such a thing as magic, yeah, or probably isn't. Or um, what's yeah. the word? Speaking of other or um, magicians, wizards. No, not, not magicians. Um, like. Uh, what should I say? Uh, uh, superstition, like um, believing in ghosts and anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't believe in ghosts. Or no, or or anything like that. Or magic. Vampires. Or magic. If there's a limit, if there's a thing that you could do one magical thing. If I, could, I'm not a conjurer, yeah. obviously. Not You're not a conjurer. No, no. I, I say it, I'm not. I'm not. I'm most unskillful. My hands. If there was. Somebody that could possibly do something actual magical, even a tiny thing, then there's no limit to it. Do you understand? What I mean is, Fred, you see a I film. I see what you're saying. There's no limit. If you see, the fact that there's a limit is, is, a, is a nonsense. If you see a film with a, a child, a man, or they have these sticks, yeah. light sticks, whatever yeah. they are, whatever they are, wand. One side one. one. They can do things with that. Yeah. But they can't do other things. They can't they can't fly to the moon in an instant. It's no air in the moon in, in, they can't, in space. They can't they can't they can't the for instance, one one might be better than the other. if one, one could turn this table upside down by looking at it or break it in half by looking at it, and one one magician his powers are limited, he can't. It's nonsense. Because once there's once there's magical powers, they they're unlimited. That's why I can't what if it's Harry, all... That's why I can't stand Harry Potter because his magical powers are limited. If they were, if they, if their powers were, were unlimited, okay, yeah. fair enough. That man could do anything. He, he could he could kill me by looking at me. He could he could break the building down by by looking at it. He could split the earth in two. But there's no limit. If you've got one magical power, you've got millions, unlimited. That's why I can't stand Harry Potter. Not because it's nonsense, because it is nonsense. But because, do you understand? Do you understand What about the idea that it's fun to watch nonsense? Even though we know it's nonsense. It's a a nice thing to watch. You don't, only only possible things. No, only possible things. Only possible things. Only possible. I'm a comedian. Yeah. But only because they do things which... Which are possible. Yeah. See, bad things yeah. happen to them. Yeah. Bad things happen. Bad things don't happen to magicians. <laughs> bad things don't happen to magicians. No, bad things they can't because a real magician, nothing, nothing bad could happen. Yeah. Because he controls the world. Yeah. And that's why Harry Potter is nonsense. <laughs> that's why it can't make any sense. You know, if you you're playing a game, ah, uh-huh. you're hitting a stick in the air, you're flying yeah. in the air hitting a yeah. stick. Yeah, you're a magician. Quidditch. Why should you bother? 
Why are you? It's your... the sport of the movie. Father, why should you bother? You're a musician. Just tell them all to move. You can it's it it doesn't obey by those rules. It doesn't it doesn't. Then why should there be rules for magicians? It's either a magician, you're either a magician, or you're not. You're not. Don't you don't you follow me? You follow I do my, follow you. I follow you. You follow but my logic. But it's like certain people can lift heavy weights. I see what you're saying. I know I I know what your answer will be to this. What I say. Oh. I follow your logic. Yeah. I follow your logic. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's right. The strongest man in the world. I mean, that that woman in the Olympics. Yeah. She lift up two, two, two twenty stone men. Yeah. yeah. But she can't pick up twenty. Yeah. She can't pick up twenty or yeah. fifty or a hundred. Yeah. That's her limit. Most of it, most of the limit is much less than that. <laughs> I can't. But I'm pick, saying I I'm can't saying, pick up my grandchild. I'm saying magicians. They also have limits. But why? I, yeah. I, I see. Why? <laughs> I don't think I can win this. I'm trying. Why should, why should, why should you just have a limit? What's the point of it? What's the point of being a magician if you've got limits? What sort of magician are you? Because then what's the point of life? you got to learn to be a better magician and, oh, you know, turn... Uh, in the point of life is to, is to become better at what you... Well, it's not the only point. But one of the points of life is to become better at what you do. Yeah. But you've got a limit. You've got a limit. I'm a cricketer. I'm the best cricketer in the world. Yeah. But I can't throw a thousand runs off one ball. But I could. If I was a magician, I would just boom, and I'd won the test match. Boom. That's it. The test match is won. Okay? If I was or you just destroy. If I were a magician, if I were a magician, uh, anything. I mean, you know, the tree sees wet, make it dry. Okay, it's dry. Yeah, okay. Okay. If it's I like, think I get it. I get, get it. it. I get it. I don't agree. But why, I don't, why don't you agree? Because I, f- f- there's two things I don't agree on. There's one. The first thing I agree on is maybe it's hard to be a magician. Like it's hard to be a magician, so you have to get trained on it. So, if, but you're gonna. I know your point there. The second thing is I like watching the movies because you escape. That's the whole point. It's fiction, fantasy. No, I don't believe so you, esca- you, you don't believe. I like to. I like to watch a movie where two people sitting in a room. Yeah, talking, having an intelligent conversation. The ideal movie, the best movie ever. Must be Twelve Angry Men. Twelve Angry Men, you think is the best movie in the ever? well? I, I don't really. It's not really yeah. that movie. But if, if I would say the best. For, What's the best type film? Of movie. What's the best film ever that you saw? Manchurian Candidate comes close to it. Manchurian Candidate comes close to it. Yeah. Um, What's up, Doc? Isn't far off. What's up, Doc? What's the best book you ever read? Huh? What's the best book you ever read? Book. I'm not a great reader. Not a great reader? Skip it. Uh, what's the what's your favorite piece of music? Um possibly probably um Beethoven's Fifth Piano Concerto. Beethoven's Fifth Piano Concerto. I think I know that one. I do like it too. Uh, uh, That's down. It's magical. Down. Yeah. It's magical. That second that second movement does something to me. Yeah. Know. What was your favorite food as a kid? Pardon? What was your favorite food when you were a kid? Do you remember you used to eat anything? I hated all food. You right? hated all food. <laughs> I, I was the worst eater. I was a sickly child, and I hated, especially my mother's chicken soup. You hated her chicken soup? Your mom. One of your the mom? best things I had when I was in the air force. Yeah. Moving to London. Yeah. And going to my aunt. Yeah. Rosie, and having her chicken soup. After that, I didn't know you could enjoy chicken soup. <laughs> I really, I'm sorry to say that, my dear late mother, 
<laughs> Didn't make a great chicken she soup. She made wonderful veal chops. A good she veal chops. She was a wonderful cook. But I hated her chicken soup. But I'm sure she'll forgive you. <laughs> I'm sure she'll forgive you. My auntie Rosie was magical. Yeah. She made I made this. My, oh. I did. The best, Amazing. Best chicken soup ever. It's the vegetables that do it. The cutting, you're right. It's the way you cut them. It's, it's the way I cut the vegetables. It's, it's the way that makes it. I think yeah. there's nothing else that really does yeah. it. Cooking, seasoning, nothing. Water, chicken stock. The way you put it together really doesn't matter. Chefs really have no purpose. It should just be the line cooks. Pun? Chefs have no purpose. It should just be the prep people that cut it all because they're the most important ones. What? The prep. So you know how there's like different chefs? Oh, chefs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chefs don't do much. No. It's the people that cut the vegetables. Ah, they right. do. Yeah, yeah, they're the ones that do it. Yeah. They're the ones that do it. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Okay. It's so funny. So, okay. So this is that's it, really. That's it. Is there anything you want to tell the, your family that are watching no. this? There's no, nothing. You've said it no, all. No, no. Is there anything you want to tell the random people of the internet mm. or anything like that? No? I think you said, I think this was pretty good. I don't think they must have loved, must have. If they've listened to this at all with any interest, I suppose they know more or less what I think and what I do. <laughs> yeah, I think they do. I think they do. Yeah, I'm really, I'm a bit of a, what's the word? Uh, You're cut and dry, definitely. Yeah. Uh, iconoclast? That's the word. Iconoclast. That's the word. Definitely iconoclast, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I would say so. Breaker vitals. Well, I can't stand people that respect people for nothing. Yeah. Respect people for nothing? Yeah, I mean, for, you know, the idols, as you say. Yeah. I'm a cock star. Like, if you saw a really famous movie star on the street or something like that, would it be no, not a big deal to you? Oh, no, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. Who? Who's a famous? I don't know any famous. I'm trying to think of They're who. all dead, all the famous. <laughs> what if the. Um, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a famous movie star. Or a famous footballer. Nah, don't really care. No. Yeah. Einstein, maybe. Einstein? Einstein. Maybe. Ch Churchill? This is a question. And, and then we're really going to stop because I know we're, they're, they're going to kick us out of here. Certainly soon. Churchill, yeah. Ch was Churchill, because Churchill's talked about and idolized right nowadays and stuff like that. Was, during the war... Was Churchill like that amazing of a presence and stuff like that? Was he that inspiring? Of course that... he was. Yeah, he was. He really he was. He was very inspiring. Yeah. Of course he was. Yeah. He meant to be very clever. Yeah. I mean, he's like, I mean, I, I know people scorn our yeah. present prime minister. Yeah. But he has that similar touch. Yeah. Our similar what touch. Do you, what do you remember about him during the war? Was it just, just like you felt about what Churchill? He was, what he said was good. You know, yeah. he inspired the nation. Yeah. I actually saw him once. Really? No. Yeah, on, on, on um, VE Day, Victory in yeah. Europe Day. I was with, well, I wasn't the only one. There were about four million people with me yeah. in Whitehall, and he was on the balcony. Yeah. And I, wow, you were there. I saw him on the, on the balcony, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the closest I ever got to him. Oh, I think, may I say something? Yeah. I think one thing about this country, Yeah. and I don't know if people would, I think the royal family, for yeah. all their faults, yeah. is, is wonderful. Yeah. Because they have no power whatsoever. Yeah. They're, they're amusing. They're, yeah. to, they're to watch yeah. and to love. And if they do stupid things and wicked things, yeah. some of them do, yeah. I still love them yeah. because they've got no power. Yeah. The power is with the people, not with them. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's wonderful to have a royal family. I'd hate to live in a presidential state. <laughs> it's, it'd be a lot. The most important thing... She's there. Yeah. She may be good. Yeah. 
which I think she is, mm -hmm. but she's not bad. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. She because just... she's only there opening Parliament. Man comes to Parliament, makes her act. Yeah. It's presented her. She puts her name at the bottom. Yeah. That's all we need her for. That's all she does. I'm sorry to say so. It yeah. could be a monkey. <laughs> Really, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not but being, you like that, though. That's why you like... Yeah, no, no, no. That's what you like. Lovely, she's, yeah. she's a lovely woman. Yeah. But it could be a monkey. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. He's the head of state. Yeah. And that's what's important. That's what you like. That's what I like. I what love you, it. I love it. Cause, if I have one... If I have the closest thing to a religion... Yeah. It's the religion of the, being part of a... Of being a, in a, a monarchy. Yeah, monarchy. Yeah. Monarchy is fantastic. A monarchy with no real monarchy power. Monarchy with absolutely no power. A monarchy whatsoever. with absolutely no power. They're there for a mark yeah. to look at. Yeah. Don't you think so? Yeah, I think it's great. I agree. I think it's great. I think it, I know. I don't know what the best government system is. No, that's difficult. I don't know. But I think having a, I think it's very nice to have a queen or a king there. Oh, I think it's a great thing to have. Wonderful thing to I have. I think it's a great thing to have. What mm -hmm. do you think about. Um, I just go on forever now. What do you think about kind of, because I know you said it earlier, but I just want to bring it up again. The COVID stuff that's going on right now as compared to when the war was going on. No comparison. No comparison. Really. Worse. It's worse now. Oh. People are more scared, you the think? More terribly. I think it's horrible. When yeah. people, old people, I'm in an old people's yeah. home. Yeah, yeah. And the way these people are scared of their lives. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Illogical. Yeah. Completely it's, illogical. It's scary. I it's, mean, how many people get knocked down by cars? Yeah. You know, you'd do nothing. If we, if, if we treated every bad thing yeah. with the way we treat COVID, mm -hmm. people would curl up in a little ball. Yeah. Everybody would curl up in a little ball. Mm -hmm. Don't believe. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't go anything. It wouldn't do anything at all. That's crazy. Don't you think so? I'm going to hold, I'm going to keep my opinions on the whole COVID thing out of the public eye okay. just because of, um, just for certain reasons. But, but yeah, I, I just find it really interesting, the comparison that you just made to the way it was during the war yeah. and then the way it is now. There's and more fear. And you know life? Yeah. Those bus drivers. Yeah. During the Blitz. Yeah. During that horrible fire of London. Yeah. I was speaking to another man who did similar for me. Yeah. I got on the bus and went home. After, do you think a bus driver would do that now? No. Driving over hoses and no. fires? Would a bus driver do that now? I don't know. I don't think he so. Wouldn't. I don't think so. He wouldn't. What was the Blitz like? Well, it's a Blitz. Yeah. Yeah. If your name was on the bomb, that was it. That's it. That was it. And there was, was there a time when there was a house next to you that was bombed? No, Grandma. Yeah. Grandma's. No, I was never close to a bomb. Yeah. The only closest I think I was always, in, when I was stationed at St. John's Wood, I see a man, I think he was an officer in the Air Force, running down the road with his arm bleeding. He, he must have been near a bomb when it yeah. went off. No, no, no. Never. Fortunately, never close to that. I went, no. Uh, it's amazing. Well, Grandpa, this has been amazing. <laughs> this has been really, <laughs> really right. great. We've no, been talking for nearly three hours now, just sure, to let you know. Yeah, no, it's no. about 5.30 now. It's pretty much, it's been three hours pretty much nearly that yeah. we've been talking. But thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Great I stuff. Yeah. I love the afternoon. Awesome, we're done, done, finished, finished. Oh, great, love great. it. Great. Thank you. Was, thank you. Here, let me give you a hug. That was awesome. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh -huh.
I'd love to be with him more, which I could. No, this is amazing. This is amazing. I mean, isn't it so... It's 